everybody. Welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark. I'm sitting over here. Travis is sitting across from me over Hi. there. Uh, Matt is over here. He's Howdy. drinking a tangerine LaCroix. Oh, oh, that's pretty good. I haven't had the tangerine ones before. I have the key lime. Uh, I quit sodas Like, like all LaCroix, they taste like <laughs> metal <laughs> like in the I aftertaste. Like, like yeah, the, that first taste of flavor is like, ooh, oh, now I'm just eating quarters. Like a robot would. <laughs> I like this key lime one. This is because I've quit soda. I'm trying to cut down on sodas because uh-huh. I drink a lot of them. And, she gets uh, some of that liquid death. This... Yeah, but that's uh, that doesn't taste like anything. Uh. This key lime one like is the most flavorful of the liqueurs, so I'm hooked on it now. Tangerine is number two. I found out they got Topo Chico at the Bartels downstairs from my my, my apartment, so I've been Topo getting a bunch of Topos. Chico. Topo Chico. I googled that. I go- when you brought the liquid death, I I this is how this is just something about how our phones are creepy because I googled like just because you'd sent us the picture of it, and I googled like, oh, I'm gonna look up the images of, of this, and and now since then, whatever that was two weeks ago, I haven't like. Bought liquid death or anything we talked about it on you the get podcast. Ads about it all the time. Yeah, in my email, on Facebook, wow. and Instagram, like everywhere, they like fucking that liquid death invaded my shit. No, oh, jeez. And all I did was Google like liquid death logo just to like look because I was like, this is a cool logo. I'm gonna look it up, and that was that's the extent of. And then we talked about it here, right? And immediately after we got done with that podcast, I got on my phone and I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of fucking liquid death ads. They were listening to us. Wow, weird. Well, anyway, speaking of, speaking is it of just s- for seltzer water? Or is it all kinds of stuff that's liquid death? <laughs> it's literally just it's only liquid death. That's how I found out Joe Mangello is their spokesperson. <laughs> wow, how'd they land him? <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, idiosyncratic snack treats. Oh yeah, I brought one, you a treat. Uh, East Coast troglodyte Matt Lynch <laughs> brought me this extremely East Coast snack: Uts crab Uts. chip potato chips. Yes. yes, this is a bomber. Uh, it's definitely a bomber thing. A bomber thing. Yeah. And I'm gonna try some right now. Right You're now? supposed to eat them with uh, directly into the microphone. Like lake trout, right? You can. You're supposed to eat them. Can I try one? Yeah. No, you gotta have one. Get down, eat them with the lake trout there. That's <laughs> Canadian. Not even close. <laughs> oh, go ahead and eat some of these uts, yo. What's that? <laughs> That's also Canada. God damn. No, it's Minnesota. Really, it was actually Minnesota. Pretty good, right? Did you order like a box of them or I something? Got a ca- I got a case of 60 of these little bags. It was 13 bucks on Amazon. Oh my god. They're like a little 1 ounce oh, bag. Oh, I love it. They're good, right? They're so they're really oh. different. I have to have two. Yeah, they're real good and they're like not too salty. You know what I mean? They're still real savory, but they're not like, ooh. Well, they're salty. Well, they it's are, like yeah, Chesapeake Bay seasoning, so a bunch of different seasonings, so like you Mostly bite just it. Old Bay. Is that what that is? Yeah. It's it's something that I don't eat very often because it's a that's a taste sensation. They're not they're not crab flavored. They're flavored with Old Bay seasoning, which is what you put on crabs. Yeah, yeah it doesn't taste like crab. No, <laughs> doesn't t- that, that would not be as appetizing. These don't, don't taste think. like crab meat. I'd eat the shit out they're of delicious. crab flavored. That's delicious. I think I've had you know these what, Baltimore. Once before. You don't have it so bad, Baltimore. Yeah, uts. I'm sick of hearing you're complaining about stuff when they you've got these chips. Is it uts? Uts. Okay. It's utes. Chock full of uts. I don't know. Yeah, you're going to wow. be chock full of Uts now. There you go. Well, God bless you. Yeah, they're good. Uts. Fantastic. Dip your nuts in Uts. Was that ever one of their slogans? That was always the slogan. It's the tamest slogan in the East Coast, too. <laughs> it's harder. Things are harder and more profane over there. I would like some lake trout. It's been like 20-some years since I had lake trout. And it's not actually lake trout. No, it's there, just right? what they call it. It's what is it? What it's kind fish. of fish is it? Do you know? Is it just a white fish of some yeah. kind? It's such a shitty fish that they never bothered to like classify <laughs> it. They came out of the water and they were like, "Fuck this! We're not even calling it anything." Like they don't—it's not even catfish; it's just lake trout. I, <laughs> I don't, don't know, know what it is. We're, we're serving it to Baltimoreans. Yeah. Is it—is it a trout? No. Is it from a lake? <laughs> Absolutely no. <Who> not. <laughs> uh, but it might as well be. <laughs> 
This shit might as well be a trout that came out of a lake. Mine not is, not. Oh, definitely not arms. a, not a Why good Why does mine lake? have arms? <laughs> it's a person. <laughs> lake trout is people. It's like the Simpsons three-eyed Monkey. fish. It's yeah. just like... <laughs> uh, that stuff's good, man. Lake trout. I miss it. I've had... Get I mean, back an orange soda. Wow. I mean, that does sound delicious. Yeah. And, and a bag of Uts. Have a Fago. I mean, usually lake trout will come with fries. What's the, what's the soda in Balmer? What's the soda? Yeah, I mean, like, is it like... Fago, or is it like? Do you, is there like uh, a specific bolt? Well, bolt more uh, like maybe things have changed, but when it was when I was a kid, there was a lot of RC around. Okay, <laughs> of course. <No>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I like RC cola because I grew up with it. RC <laughs> cola. Yeah, uh, get in a bottle. Pretty that's good. why it says on a can RC the the one that <laughs> the, one the Baltimore, Baltimore drinks. Yeah, the Baltimore soda. <laughs> no one wants. No one wants to go there. Or it says be the Baltimore there, so. soda, and then there's that shruggy guy <laughs> emoji. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, lo- I loved. Uh, I loved being in Baltimore. I can go back one day. It's a beautiful town. Have you seen The Wire? No, never heard of it. Oh. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's tell you about the. It's you know it's the best oh, show ever. It's show. about America, really. I mean, when you get down to it, you know, it's like it's about this one thing, but it's also about everything. I turned everybody I know onto that show. It's true, including yeah. me. Well, uh, you and Kevin. I said it was the best show ever when the second season was still on. Like you got, I was watching it when it was. You on. got me watching it yeah. when you were. You had tapes of yeah, season tapes. two that you loaned me of the whole season, yeah. and you were in the process at the time. It, season three was on, and so. I burned through one and two in like a weekend, and then I watched like half of season three because mm-hmm. it wasn't you weren't wasn't through, over yet. You weren't through recording them off of TV yet. Yeah, those tapes like VHS tapes, everyone. Yeah, not like uh, cassette tapes. Wow, I got it. Yeah, I got, was able to. I was a little bit past behind you guys, but you finally, you finally worked your magic on me, and I and I watched <laughs> it uh, starting season four. Mm-hmm. So I got to watch four and five on TV just in time for the. We all watched the most four and five devastating. Together. Yeah, yeah. We didn't watch it together. We per did se. like something because yeah, because that was the season that mm-hmm. leaked. So they came out in big. They leaked like way early in chunks. So they would like like four episodes came out on the torrents and stuff. So we, we all went over oh, to the house right. and we all watched them. Like Laird was there, Tommy was there. We all watched oh, them together. Right. I think we were all watched. Was that season four? That was season four. Yeah, we were because season there was a big break between three and four, so it gave everybody a chance to catch up. Everybody we knew a chance to like catch go fine. Yeah. I'll watch this show. Everybody says is good. It's a hard sell to some people though. Yeah. Still. Because some is, people, yeah. some people will be like, uh, "No, I don't want to watch the show because everybody tells me it's so good." And yeah. fuck them. And you go like, <laughs> "Okay, well, that's an argument." I, I, I guess get it. I kind of get that argument. Just it was like, sick, sick of hearing sort about of, it. Page, sort of. Paige, Paige, my my ex girlfriend Paige used to <laughs> complain all the time. I'd be like, "This show's really good." She's like, "I'm never fucking watching that show." Yeah. I'm like, why not, honey? She goes, "Because you boys talk about it all the goddamn time, <laughs> and I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm not watching it on general principle." It's true, but <laughs> it, it wasn't that she did, wasn't interested. Yeah. It was just like, "I'm sick of you guys t- talking about it all the fucking time." It was, well, it was very quintessential That's, like white boy stuff. A large percentage of Americans feel about it. I yeah. understand because I also don't want to read any of those goddamn. Damn Harry Potter books. Right. I was gonna say I was gonna make the same. Yeah. Zing, Paige, if you're I, listening, that was a tough one. <laughs> Paige, if you're listening, we miss you. We miss you. Yeah, hope what? you're doing well. You know how like sometimes people would always go, I and mean, this was the case with me too, where you know like it took me a couple episodes to get into it, but then when, once I did, you know, I did. But one time when I was still working at Scarecrow, a, f- a friend of mine uh, came into the store, and uh, it wasn't long after. It was like at the peak of Wire Mania, and he came into the store and he's like. Just loudly going like, you know what? I didn't like The Wire. <laughs> uh, I was like, well, you got to give it more than episodes. I watched the whole first season. I hated it. And I was like, shut up. Shh. <laughs> These people will kill you. 
You don't want to name him. I was like him. worried oh, for I, his safety. And I was like checking for me. I was here. like checking for Matt. Like if Matt's in earshot, like, oh no. We were all pretty oh, shit. Matt's we were gonna cut his head off with a scythe. It, so. yeah. Uh, my anyway. Baltimore scythe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of Baltimore in Washington, D.C., which is right next Jesus to Baltimore. Jesus Christ. Oh. Where I also lived. <laughs> Our first movie. What are we covering today? Takes we're, place near Baltimore. We're covering That's three. <laughs> That's my segue, guys. That's Goodbye. I've what heard worse. Have we come yeah. up with the title for this one? Uh, I think we're just gonna. It's just gonna be in like Clint. That sounds I don't, pretty good. I, I've, I've honestly been racking my brains for yeah. for like a week. That's fair. That's uh, that's honestly like I think that's good because it's like as lazy as any of these yeah. movies. <laughs> we don't want to. <laughs> Why don't wanna, not? Fuck them. We don't want to work any harder at coming up with a title than Clint Eastwood did D- making, making these movies. movies. I had like uh, uh, what, I showed up and I did it. Uh, uh, here's a movie. Like what would Eastwood do? That's well, not good. Had uh, work the Clint. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Work eh. the Clint. Eh. Is that, I just don't think work the clip is too to, common. It's of, harder is that to common a phrase. I in, think there's more a cha- chance like, that people will be like, what are you like talking Clint about? In like Clint or our man Clint? Either one. In like Clint. Yeah, that's better. Well, anyway, we're doing three late 90s. Well, one's 2002. Uh, Clint Eastwood directed airport mo- novel adaptations. <laughs> so <we've> got, <laughs> are these all novel adaptations uh-huh. too? Christ. So we've yeah. got Absolute Power from the novel by David Baldacci from 1997. I'm glad you wrote this down or I remembered it. I do not. True Crime. I forget who wrote this book from 99 and Stephen Blood King. Work, <laughs> uh, which I believe is a Michael Connelly Blood book. Blood Work is in the, uh, is in the Lincoln Lawyer-averse. <laughs> Lincoln Lawyer and Bosch-averse. Is it? <laughs> Same guy Ooh. who did Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah, oh, okay. It's Michael Connelly, yeah. yeah. That show Bosch... Man, people love that show. It fucking sucks. I watched all people of it. People are so into I it, and it's so bad. All of it, my friend. It's so I'm bad. I'm not proud. Jesus I, I almost, well, I almost exclusively watch it because it has uh, Lance Reddick right. and, Mar- and Marlo yep. Stansfield from The Wire, yeah. and uh, and I think it looks great. I love the way yeah, they shoot. I love the way they I shoot. But I mean, other LA. than that, it is. It might as well it's be on CBS. It's just some fucking show. Yeah, yeah, it's just some fucking show. It's I, total it's shit. Bananas that anybody would. Yeah. And well, that, the, that main character too, the like the Titus Welliver character. Oh, he's like, all. He's all man. It's. I mean, how is that guy not like? People make fun of David Caruso on CSI. He's the same shtick. He's like he's the fucking coolest, smartest. Always on top of a perfect cop ever. And he kind of, he's kind of got a little of that sort of like, well, we did it the right way in my day. Like the old guy, mm-hmm. like I've, I'm wiser than these young right. type of type of dudes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this new shit is dumb, and I do it the right way because I'm smartphone. old. Yeah. yeah, it's it's quintessential like dad viewing. Yeah, well, speaking totally of is. quintessential dad viewing yeah. oh. and old people, okay, God. let's get started with absolute let's power. <laughs> so who is he? That is Luther Whitney. One of the great thieves of the world. A thief who witnessed a murder. He saw nothing. He's a burglar. Who's gonna believe him? Well, he could be a little more than that. He's got the letter opener. Blood, fingerprints. Think what he can do. This person goes in the front door, out a window, and down a rope in the middle of the night. I don't know how those guys do it. You won't recognize him. Could be right around the corner. He doesn't want you to find him. You're not going to find him. Got to get with the program. You're going to catch this guy. Not dealing with a fool here, are we? Father, what have you done? You don't know the heat on this. He's on the run and he's scared, and he's right to be scared because he's going to get caught. Then what? Then I'd kill him. Because this one's actually the only one of these three that is directly, di- kind of di- directly addresses that Clint Eastwood is very old. Sure. Blood work does entirely about that. Blood work does a little. This one is, but this, I don't know, they, they talk about how he has heart problems. He c- It could be a younger actor, but in this case, I feel like it's like, this is kind of like written 
this is like, oh, this is perfect for Clint at this period because right. he is the uh, true crime. He's supposed to be playing like a twenty-year-old or something. <laughs> By the way, I just I just want to point out, I'm not a huge Clint Eastwood fan as a director, or really, frankly, after these movies, as an actor anymore. <laughs> he fucking sucks and is such a shitty director in all three of these movies. This is the might, might be the the, hard, the hardest assignment that we've had. Oh, you think so? I found there was this pretty. Just, I thought this was light reading. There was little. There was bits and pieces of joy in each one of these, but they're so long and boring. Every single one of these movies has got 80 minutes at best <laughs> worth of content, and they're all two hours long. Yep. Yeah, Don, he did not pay attention to Don Siegel's uh, no. uh, advice of cutting shoe leather. These movies are mostly that. They're mostly they're shoe such, leather. There's such nothing. But I mean, we we let's because Eastwood famously, and I you can sense one take you, Eastwood. You one feel take it, and, and also like he's first draft Eastwood too, yeah, yeah. right? And you feel it in these ones too. Sure, like yeah. these movies, all three of them feel like that 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 like whether or not that rumor is actually true. Like these feel it's like gotta be. these feel like first draft scripts, mm-hmm. and then also like. Uh, just like w- w- one takes for the most part, and not that the casts are, are stacked because who doesn't want to work with Clint Eastwood? Right, they, I, that's because what, it's so easy, and, and he's an icon. What you, did you What did you say to me? Start at ten, off at five. Time to go golfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta make sure. That, I gotta make sure that there's still time to get a and eighteen holes at the golf course. Absolute power. I don't know. I I didn't look up his filmography, so I can't remember what was between. But this is coming off of like. Uh, what I think is really because he's un- Unforgiven and Perfect World were back to back, and those are two of my favorites, and those are both like great movies still. Yep. And then it kind of was like, but I didn't see Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which great. I think was right I after that Perfect World. But that was Travis mentioned in our text, our, our endless text thread about uh, how Woody Allen and Clint Eastwood are the only direct are the two, are two directors where jazz is the only music that exists. <laughs> but also they don't live in they don't want to live in a world where yeah. other music other than jazz. They're like fuck that. But it's funny because I, I wish there was a guy who was like for like, barbershop. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh man, that like would be one, some director who like all, all these movies were scored with barbershop. Like where he's on the uh, hello, where he's, hello, he's, he's, hello. Scanning, he's scanning through the uh, radios. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Hello, hello. Goodbye, my pony island. Exactly, <laughs> baby. I'm Hello, oh, that would be so good. But the, uh, the the other Woody Allen connection that I was thinking about is that bo- both of these filmmakers are guys who, for like a long t- time, were like making basically like a movie a year mm-hmm. as directors, and, yeah. and like and and also the quality of their of their stuff. Like shows at a certain point. It's a certain point where you're like, you don't have to make a movie every year, they Woody Allen. Demonstrate or Clint. the reason why superior directors maybe take a few years to work right. on a movie. I mean, also Clint right. Eastwood has a, the whole thing in these movies where he's getting on with younger chicks too. So yeah. that's Woody also Allen a Woody Allen connection. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's but in, in these just, are, and, it's just like this brutal lack of acceptance yeah, yeah. of their mortality. <laughs> and uh, it's just. Very you know disturbing. they both, but they also both fluctuate too in quality because like Woody Allen will make like a movie a year, and then like every sixth one will be like that was pretty fucking right, good. Right, Clint too. Yeah, exactly. like there will be one where you go like, oh, he's trying, he tried on this one, but then there will be like four in a row where you're like, you I, think, know, I think you don't Eastwood give a shit. They're, a not, better they're, batting not, average. they're not parallel, but I mean like because in '97 actually Woody Allen had two movies that I liked. Which one was a? I think well was no, it was everyone says de- I love you and Deconstructing Harry. Yeah, which are both like pretty pretty good. <laughs> but but like but anyway, it's it just struck me as like oh they're both the that kind of director where. You're like you didn't have to make this movie, and it seems like you kind of don't want to, but you did. And they're also they're also two directors. Well, Woody Allen, not now, <laughs> but but at the time that could just get anybody get to made. be in their movie. Yeah. Like yeah. you, like you're an actor, and Woody Allen goes. Oh, up you up until four years ago, everybody right. wanted to have a, be in a Woody. Have you or guys, like or Clint uh, too? But you watch these movies and like who? Like I'm sure all these people were like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna I be think in that, that movie." They both also worked in similar ways too, because mm-hmm. anybody who'd worked on a Woody Allen movie is like, you know. You just easy. you just read your good. lines. 
directions. He doesn't give you much direction. You get through it. You know, it's he's not doing a whole lot of takes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's real. Sometimes that works really well. And then sometimes it's uh, yeah. these three movies. Have you seen his last few? Have you seen The Mule? No, I, I really don't like he's with the direct. I, mean, I, I have I been tempted to watch bad. The Mule because apparently he gets in two three ways. He does have it. two threesomes in that movie. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. hundred years, literally a hundred well, okay, years Well, okay, but it's not, it, in his defense, meager defense, he, he doesn't go like picking up women. They're like, the drug cartel gives him a That's couple right. of hookers. Right. But in, also in his defense, they show it in graphic in detail. In graphic detail, yeah. His, his first throbbing scenes. geriatric yeah. member. <laughs> That's my real cock. What <laughs> take Eastwood. my real cock for verisolitude. That's why that movie's so long. Yeah. It's because the sex scene goes on a, forever. Oh, God. I'm not cut out for this. He's hooked, he's hooked up to Those like, poor women are just exhausted by the time it's over. He's got an IV in the whole time that he's doing it. I mean, I know what you're thinking. Did I come five times or six? The I'm, not is, all, I'm not all sure myself. The answer is, I don't know. I passed out 40 minutes ago. Can I go home now? This is real hard on my heart. Uh, Richard Jewell's really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, again, Clint, he still puts out stuff, but mm-hmm. it's also, it, he's gotten to the point where he's making them so often that I, and right. often I don't, I just don't give a shit. Like, I want, I, what was it, American Sniper? I yeah. felt like, Fuck that. it's, I think that's it's, got some good stuff going on. But it also mm-hmm. has, like, but it's Bradley also, Cooper's really good in it. It also falls in the same category as these, where it's like, I feel like it's maybe two hours too long, yeah. or something, you know? It just sort of is like, eh. Eh. And that fake baby scene is like <laughs> quintessential Eastwood. And, and I've talked to people I know that go like, you know, it doesn't really. But but I like remember going to see it in the theater and having heard about that. And I was like, we'll see, we'll see. I you know, no, and then it's clearly a doll. It's a doll. It's a fucking doll. And all it would have taken was like shooting the scene again from, right. or maybe editing around it. It's like not even a thing that would have been hard to do. But if they but shot you it feel again, like them, he, he might not have been able to get a full eighteen at the golf course. <laughs> right. So, well, Denny's you know. cuts off the earlier bird special at a certain yes. point. So. <laughs> exactly right. My yeah, earlier bird special is a tremendous deal. ARP card. It's a real bargain. Till noon. <laughs> it's a I bargain. gotta get moons over my hammy. God damn it, Clint! You don't have to make movies. <laughs> uh, Just live on your palatial estate and like I don't know. Be mayor of towns Sip or a whatever. Cappuccino. Be a mayor of some dumb town. Well, what this? What's fuck. this fucking movie about? Anyway? Absolute pirates about an old cat burglar. Yes, I he actually, plays I actually, Luther Whitney the cat burglar. Malloy he's, from The Simpsons. He's, he's Sam Neill's character from The Simpsons. I actually enjoy the premise of this movie because sure. I, I think it's a silly, fun premise. And that, like, watching that opening scene, the whole yeah. the way it plays good. out for a long time, is good. But it goes on too long, and it's like kept, it long. kept reminding me of one of our one of our things here, where it's like, man, I wish De Palma directed this, right? Because that's like because he's watching through a two way mirror. He's watching through a two way mirror, and it's like a it's like a weird sex thing, and then yeah. a weird sex crime, and then like some secrets. And it's like this would be this is a perfect Brian De Palma movie. Even if the rest of the movie was the same and was shitty, that right. opening scene De Palma would have gone like, ooh, I know what I'm gonna do here. I'm gonna do some crazy stuff. But Clint Eastwood's like, I'm gonna be old. I'm gonna be sitting in a chair. It'll cut back and forth, you know, like a movie, and, then <laughs> and it'll go on for a half hour. But there's there'd be so many opportunities for him to do like yeah. there's the scene later where he's meeting with Laura Linney and Richard yeah. Jenkins has got the sniper rifle and the other guy's got the sniper oh, yeah. rifle and it's like that'll be a great diploma it's, that's scene. Practically a scene right. That's practically yeah. a scene like that in Femme Fatale. Yeah. Where the with the truck coming and so like there's almost a scene where you're like, Ooh, who are the two and it 
it's almost like you don't know who Richard Jenkins, where he is. You're like, mm-hmm. is he at the same place? Oh, and then, then it just turns out he's there are two snipers that yeah. are trying to kill Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is the fucking anti De Palma, though. That oh, yeah. well, yeah. never even occurred to me the way that he shoots this. It's so matter of fact. But I like the premise of it, which is that a cat burglar is robbing this rich lady's house, and then she comes home with a with a man, mm-hmm. and then it, they're going to get it on. It turns violent. She Clint, gets murdered Clint is, by Clint is behind this sort of yeah. like panic room, yeah, see through window because the vault is behind door. a two way mirror. So he right. gets a really good view, of right? This. Yeah. And so he's kind of watching this scene. He's kind of like, okay, it's it's kind you kind of feel him going like, okay, well, when is this going to be over? Right now, I'm stuck here watching this. These he's people like, well, have I might sex. as well jerk off while I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it, then it, it turns into him, him, then like, it turns the into psych, him. like Psycho the remake where <laughs> yeah. he's just sort of cranking it off screen, but it's <laughs> yeah. just limp. Yeah. Um, it's but, the best I can do. But I mean, I like the premise where he's like, then this, then this, then like they, then it mur- then a murder happens. And Look, like, this but scene, like this scene like, is very disturbing. It's just Gene, yeah. ha- it's Gene Hackman punching a woman and punching stabbing Jan it. from the but office. I was yeah. I was just laughing the whole time. Like I thought it was hysterical because it's just Gene Hackman going, "You goddamn bitch!" But like, God damn it! But, so like he's it's, so he's getting in a fight with dumb. her. Then he like yells like help after well, she, she gets she gets the drop on him she gets like a a, a letter opener mm-hmm. and she stabs him and she's gonna oh also stab him before it devolves into it just like becomes violent for no reason too I guess just because Gene Hackman well, he's a dege- degenerate he likes to he likes to slap women yeah so he slaps her so they're and like she like out. she kind of plays and hits him back yeah and he's like you slap me god yeah. damn it and you then he's choking bitch. her yeah, yeah. it. I'm not saying the scene works perfectly. I'm saying I like the 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 idea no, of the good. scene. I feel like it would be under in different hands. It would have like been a, it would be a better scene. That would be better by a better director. I think the other two would be would be boring no matter what kind of. But this one, True I crime. Like, this one I kind of like the because it's this one's the most ridiculous. And so then then these guys come in, shoot her dead. It's like blow her, blow her fucking, blow her fucking brains She's out. Like, help, help, help. And off and camera, the off camera, these in. people go boom, boom. And it's pretty cool because you're like, whoa. Because up to that point, you don't know yeah. what's going on. It's and President Palmer and Scott, Scott Glenn. Glenn. But then you, and then like, it's a while before we find out that like the guy who Gene Hackman's character is the president. The president. And yeah. I'm like, that's kind, of, that's a cool setup for a movie. President this of movie what? doesn't really. The president of the United oh, States. Oh right. These United States. Say what? And I guess he's single. He's the only single president in the history. Oh right. Yeah. Because he's not married. There's been another one. Grover Cleveland. <laughs> Grover Cleveland. I just don't. I didn't. I didn't remember that he was but supposed I mean, to be single. Most of this. the time in movies, like it's always like the president's married. And it's Maybe like, Polk. it's like traditionally you have to be married to be president because otherwise the otherwise the the red states won't trust and you. Or the whatever. other the other reason, like you could make it, you could at this point make it if he if he is single, you could make it that like this lady attacked him and the Secret Service had to take over, but. Mm-hmm. It, that's her husband's mansion. Yeah. Because her, her husband is this massive billionaire, E.G. Marshall, who basically financed Hackman's campaign. Yeah, so, he, he made Gene Hackman. Yeah. And he's a great man, too. Yeah. <laughs> As Ed Harris points who out. Who believes in the Old multiple Testament. Multiple times. Yeah, everyone treats him To with, his like, face, people say, like, you're, I know you're a great man, so this is going to be hard for you to take. I hey, s- by the way, you're a great man. You are, you are, a, you are p- perhaps our greatest man. You are a great man who has a chair to watch your wife have sex. You are great at everything except here? for satisfying that your trophy really wife. That seems really funny, too, when E.G. Marshall is talking to Ed Harris, and he's like, so you, you saw my, my sex mirror. And Ed Harris is like, "That's right, sir, and I won't tell a soul <laughs> because you are a great, you're a great, great, great man. man. The, uh, the, Listen, best, I, the I, best among us. I just like to watch my wife cuck. <laughs> no, she, no, he actually no, didn't it's like not. It. She wants him. She to, wants, she him, wants to, yeah. him to watch. She I couldn't like, satisfy her. And, but she's like, but I want to, but I want to have sex. But also, I want you to watch me. She wants him to watch. So yeah. he's he's like, I didn't like it, but my wife made me a sex chair. Just to like watch her in the him. Old Testament." <laughs> that probably does happen in the Old Testament. <laughs> I think there's several dozen sex chairs in the Old Testament. 
<laughs> Solomon got another sex chair Look, for his sex chairs birthday. are fine, but you can't mix fabrics. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's It's true. in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Straight from Christ. It's, it's straight the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yep. Yeah. The, sex, the Book of Sex Chair. Of Whoa, sex we never knew about all the sex chairs. Thanks, and Dead Sea Scrolls. Abraham sat in the sex chair <laughs> for a hundred years and begat Job sitting in the sex chair. <laughs> and lo, did they watch and their wives copulate in sex. David smashed <laughs> Goliath's sex chair and Goliath lost his powers. And then David smashed Goliath, if you know what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The Old Testament fucking rules. Wink, wink. <laughs> There's a lot of innuendo in the Old Testament. <laughs> <If you laughs> and double entendres. If you catch my drift is like the most oft-repeated phrase in the Old it's, Testament. It reads a lot like Sex in the City. <laughs> there's there's some of that in the New Testament. Lawrence, I think that Lawrence of Mylabia comes from the old from the Dead Sea Man, Scrolls. One of the best jokes in the history of terrible jokes. Uh, there's some of that in the New Testament because Jesus was with it. He's all like, he was he, cool. you know, uh, 69, if you catch my drift, wink, wink, and then he smokes a dube. He was the original gang. <laughs> we have gotten off track. The original. It's not hard. Rapper. It's not hard because these movies themselves feel like they barely. We're gonna have such a hard track. time staying focused on. All these. right. So absolute power. So so Clint Caberler. He witnesses this whole murder. Which and he, he, but he also we, sees, we don't and we don't know we don't know at this point that Gene Hackman's character is the president. Right. Like it's not revealed. I mean, to unless us we've later. seen the previous. But he, al- he also right. But you know, presuming you have. haven't, he also well, sees Sophie hadn't when we watched it, and she was like, "Oh, he's oh, the president." So it's you know that well, kind of that's good. Know. He also yeah. sees the Secret Service agents and now now it's President's chief of staff Judy Davis yes. coming and cover up the crime. Mm-hmm. Like they bag up all the, you know, clothes and the knife and stuff and and but then they she forgets the knife. Well, they she forgets her purse which she put the knife in cuz she's like they've got it's got his prints and her prints on it. Right. Judy Davis For is, whatever reason is, she wants to keep it for I thought some it was reason. I thought it was really funny because she yells at Dennis Haysbert. She's like, "Did you just leave this thing, this knife here?" And he's like, "Oh, sorry." She just calls him a fucking idiot. Yeah. And, and then, then then she puts the knife in her purse and then forgets the purse. They, she forgets yes. the purse. They bump they bump the purse and then Dennis Haysbert goes, "Oh, I better bring her purse." But by the way, Scott Glenn and Dennis Haysbert are the Secret Service agents, and they're immediately fucking idiots. Yeah. Well, Scott, but Scott Glenn's like the slightly good one, and Dennis, Dennis Haysbert's pure the evil. evil one. He yeah. like sure. joined the Secret Service yeah, to yeah. do stealth kills. But of they're the like, right. but they're bu- they they are kind of like bumblers yeah. from the start. Everybody's a bumbler. They're like, why did you shoot her in the head? And it's like, cause he yelled help. And she's like, didn't was this the f- was there? You didn't hear anything before he yelled help? And she's like, nothing. We in hadn't the, heard before. in the Secret Service. Yeah. They train us to shoot women yelling for help. <laughs> Well, no, Gene Hackman. Oh, Gene Hackman yells for help. help. That's right. Because she, because she gonna, is gonna stab. She's him. gonna kill him, but he blows her brains out. Yeah. Do you remember the part later on when they couldn't, they couldn't like run in there and stop this she's small so woman close. from stabbing him, and then maybe like talk her down and go like, "Don't tell anyone about this." They're just like, "No, we're trying to blow her, blow her brains out." Hey, maybe they get I mean, similar that's training true. to what cops get, then that's what would happen. That's probably. Uh, true. I'm amazed they didn't empty their clips and reload and then keep shooting. <laughs> Do you, remember, well, do you remember the part <laughs> later on when, when Scott Glenn, like, when he starts to, he's, like, having a little bit of a crisis of yeah, conscience later in this movie, he goes, he's, he's sitting in his own dingy apartment, sitting on the couch, just drinking, there's a picture, a framed photo of Jack Kemp on the wall over his shoulder. <laughs> it's such an odd thing. That's a pretty amazing thing to pick up, Very too. weird. I was just like, 99% when, of people would not would pick never, that I, was, I do I was, not know who Jack Kemp is. He was D- Bob Dole's running mate. Ah, uh, okay. Classic Republican centrist. <laughs> centrist guy. The guy that okay. works that crosses the aisle. Yeah, and and, 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 uh, and he'd run himself a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, who's that picture of that guy? Is that Jack Kemp? 
And I actually had to Google it because I have no memory of what that man looked like. He's dead for many years, too. But, yeah, it's totally – he's got a framed photo of Jack Kemp. Yeah. Jeez. And Clint, Clint Eastwood, inscrutable as his politics are sometimes, would probably be a Jack Kemp fan. Oh, yeah. I would think. Well, if you if this is, as you say, like a blanket indictment of, of Clintonism, then, yeah. then you know, he's probably rooting for Dole Kemp at this point. This yeah. would have been shot in 96. It's definitely – I don't know if this has been shot in 96 yeah. at, the, at the height of all that, st- uh, all that scandal. Right. It's definitely Clint Eastwood going at Clinton in his in his way, which right. is not exactly as on the nose as you'd hope mm-hmm. in some. Well, or you know, I don't know if you'd hope for that, but Clint Eastwood, e- Clint Eastwood e- you can always yeah, get yeah. like sixty percent of his politics, and then you'll be like, well, what do you what? That, remember when he did that thing at the, un- at the convention unsettled. where he talked to the chair? Yes, that was a sex chair. That was a sex chair. <laughs> what do you have to say about it, sex chair? <laughs> oh, I wish David hadn't destroyed me <laughs> in the Old Testament. <laughs> Remember he used a high-pitched voice Goliath. in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Quick, why don't you sit and me watch the Wow, why do I sound like this now? <laughs> but, th- but that's a good example of like how weird Clint Eastwood's politics were, because that was at the Republican convention. It was That was when Mitt Romney was running. Uh-huh. And he was ostensibly like throwing lobs at Obama, and and so he doesn't like Obama. He is a Republican, but then he's the, his big critiques of that chair. Nobody ever points this out because this thing was so fucking crazy. <laughs> was he was going like, "Well, why are you still bombing Afghanistan, chair?" Right. And he and it's like that is the Republican policy, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> like I know Obama's doing it too, but like you fucking George Bush started it. Yeah, right. What are you talking? about? This is something about? that w- was inherited by Obama, which he kept doing, which sucks. Yeah, but right, but that's but it's yeah. not Obama's fault. Yeah, and the Republican it's con- his fault that it's still happening. The people at the Republican convention. At that, by the way, that whole time must have been like, uh, well, like just just for once so many reasons. Just once he starts talking to an empty chair, they're like, oh no, that's isn't what we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those he's days. So weird. But this, but this movie yeah, yeah. is definitely just like this. This, it's it's not even there's there's no real thought behind it, but it is anti Clinton. And it and I did read an article that proposed that uh, Judy Davis's shrieking Harridan incompetent. Hateful, shrieking Harrison that chief Clint Eastwood, of chief of staff that Clint Eastwood obviously hates, she, even though she is one of the most fun characters in the movie. Oh yeah, uh, is supposed to be Hillary. She is Clinton. using a private email server. So she is using a private email <laughs> service server in the Ukraine. She she is the most fun character in the whole movie. I she's think. the uh, she's brings a life to it, but Hackman, she, she he clearly hates this character, yeah. and you're supposed to hate her. It's that kind of thing. Hackman is barely present here. I mean, he's doing he he shows up, and you know he's money job, and he's yeah. and he's well, and, and Clint, and you know he 90, loves Clint. I'm sure he loves working of, for Clint. I mean, Clint did yeah. he win an Oscar for, for Unforgiven? For Unforgiven for, you yeah. know, I'm sure that's you know, oh Clint, yeah, I can go hang out with Clint, and I'll make this make this movie. I, I have to show up for what five days of work. Great. I did love you, it. Did this you is see perfect, that? Uh, you know, did you see that Ben Stiller thing? That thing he told about Hackman? No. There was well, a, that's so weird. Well, they worked together on Royal Tenenbaums, but he yeah. was. He, they, I was reading something about Ben Stiller, and he was talking about how because he had written some new movie that's like a parody of the Poseidon Adventure. Yes, and he's like, so when I was working with with uh, Gene Hackman on Royal Tenenbaums, I finally worked up the nerve because he's really intimidating to go tell him how much Poseidon Adventure meant to me when I was a little kid. It made me want to make movies. And he's like, he goes <laughs> up, he tells me, he tells Gene Hackman like the story is like, oh my god, I loved you in that movie. That was like one of my favorite films as a kid. It inspired me to become a, a, a filmmaker and a creative person. All this stuff. And thank you so much. And 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 apparently Hackman <laughs> just looks at him and goes, "Money job." Walks away. <laughs> yeah, that's what Royal Tenenbaum would say to his kids, though. It is, so he's yeah. staying in character. You want to bet on a guy fucking a gator? Money job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but but Hackman plays the president, president murderer, and then Clint Eastwood like barely he like the he whole the away. whole rest of the se- sequence like plays out in a very stupid well, way. He jumps out the too. window. Well, and- he like leaves through the window. 
and like instead of because he goes out and he gets the knife because yeah. he sees it i think and then he like closed he doesn't know they're gonna come back up so he closes the remote for the remote control for the secret room into the room yeah. mm-hmm. to like you know cover which is he's he's actually a pretty good cat burglar mm-hmm. but then he's he, the best but then they come back up because because Judy uh, Davis, forgot Judy her Davis purse. immediately starts like fucking shrieking. Fuck God! Fuck God! Damn it. damn it! What the fuck? Oh fuck! I, oh God! She's like freaking out and like we're I want we're watching the other day and Sophie's like, why is she freaking out so much? Just go back upstairs because right. the characters in the movie, the other characters don't know. They don't know. know, that they don't know someone saw that. She right. could just go like, oh fuck! I, I left the knife up there. Yeah. Go get it. And they go okay, but she starts like freaking out like it's the. Like, oh, shit. Oh, god damn it. You're like, whoa, cat, I don't think she should be in charge of that people. That cat burglar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's wildly stupid and incompetent. Which is, how, which is how a lot of people who are in charge of things are. So. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you know, just like that. Yeah, what would Jared Kushner do? She does have a haircut that <laughs> oh, is very, no. very similar to Hillary Clinton's hair at the time, too. With, well, she's a redhead. Not, not, yeah. the, not the color, not the but color. the style. But uh, yeah. so they go. So then they barely they they barely miss Clinton. He escapes and like the you know. But Dennis Hazelbridge's like, I got the license plate number, and you're like, yeah, but this is a, this is clearly a, a fucking thief or something. He's not gonna. I don't think he drove his car to the right. to the to the thief job. <laughs> but they do figure out who he is at some point. pretty quickly. I don't remember. There's you know. Then it's just kind of like a bunch of different scenes happening where he's he's running away from them, trying to avoid them. Ed Harris becomes involved as a homicide detective. Uh, President Palmer's wife is yeah. his partner. Sherry Palmer is his wife. Lynn, yeah. What's her name? Both, uh, we got both Palmers in that movie. Johnson yeah. something. It's great. Uh, Ed Harris. Yeah, he's the cop that's investigating the murder. He doesn't know about any of this stuff, and he he's like a he's like a real he's good, like a real straight shooter, a, a real straight shooter, a good egg. Yeah. Well, Ed, they figure out pretty quickly that like what the situation that it seems like. It's probably not probably really what happened because they went back in and made it look like well we'll make it look like she was robbed and then but they're like but the guy was robbing here she came in and saw it but then she was shot like four times from over here or yeah. twice I think yeah like and and, and she's also like, like, they're like that doesn't make sense Ed, unless doesn't there Ed were Harris other like he they they get a beat on Luther Whitney and Ed Harris is like this isn't the guy yeah he's basically they're like. She's like his partner's like this is our guy and he's like I don't think this is our guy no because he because he immediately because uh, his name is Luther Whitney Clint Eastwood's character is Luther Whitney and he's a legend he's, yeah. and Ed Harris describes him and he says Luther Whitney is one of the great thieves of the world yeah <laughs> one of the great thieves of the world he's very much sure. reminds me of an Elmore Leonard character mm-hmm. like uh, uh, like Foley from uh, Out of Sight who's like this guy who like through his whole life has like been a professional burglar but who's gone to jail mm-hmm. a lot but only for burglary so he's in jail for a little bit and he gets out but and then and they haven't in the last like 30 years he's been like they haven't there have been jobs they that they, they go like good. maybe but he's like they can't ever quite pin it on him so but it's also because clint eastwood is in this and he directed it he is also a war hero <laughs> they fought in korea and he's like the greatest guy in the world and so Ed Harris, which is Ed, the Ed case Harris with is kind like, of all three of these Ed even Harris though they like, have flaws i don't go after war heroes and it's like Jesus. you choose whether or not you go after someone <laughs> But yeah. depending on whether they're a war hero or not. I feel like maybe weird. go after a guy because they're a suspect in a crime also, you're investigating. He was too yeah. busy thieving, thieving mm. to uh, to take care of his daughter, Laura uh, Linney. Yeah. Well, That's no, he was right. too busy in prison and then thieving. Yeah. And then he, her her mom and her moved away. <laughs> there's a, And then when the mom died, apparently, she still couldn't stop talking about how much she loved Clint Eastwood. There's this great scene where like the, where they meet each other. This, it, this sums up kind of... The all three of these movies to me, where he like confronts her while she's jogging, he's like, "Look," and he's talking to her, going, "I'm sorry about this," and I think she even mentions her mom or mm-hmm. something, and so the whole scene, you're like, "Well, that's her, that's his daughter," and then it ends with her going like, "What have you done now? 
father. <laughs> and it's like those scenes, in, and you're like, there you go. It's like those scenes in movies where people are like, look, I know you're my brother. Right. Like where the movie goes like, where you, you already know I get the relationship between these two characters and how they're related, but then the movie still goes like, maybe they don't, so we're going to have her say, right. father, and she says it, Laura Linney's kind of bad in this, and she says it in a very... Well, I, I usually like her, but right. she's just kind of like she says it in a very the line delivery of that father line is very bad. Money job. It's like we got to, uh, we got, we need you to call me father at the end of this scene. They're not gonna get they it. They won't get it. They won't get it because we're pretty close in age, and like well, maybe she, maybe they'll think I'm your uh, you're my lover because you know we're about yep, the same. Everybody would expect <laughs> us to be lovers. Well, see, he's that's the reason why her line delivery is so bad because that was take two. She didn't say it the first time. <laughs> So he had to actually give her some direction, and she's like, we're on the clock he here. He was so mad, he <laughs> had to do two yeah. takes. Was, the whole thing was just, she's like, fine, I'll fine. say it. Father. It's just funny, because the whole it's like a whole scene plays out. I'm not going to be able to do nine. And it's like, I just want to be the viewers who are like, oh, he's her dad. <laughs> like, they didn't get it until that point. The whole conversation where you're like, he's her dad. He's definitely, definitely this is a conversation that a, an estranged father would have with his, his daughter. Oh, no, oh, oh, I didn't, wait, hold on. I didn't catch that. Oh no! It's her. Okay, it's, it is her dad. Okay, it's cool. Good. good. I'm glad it's good that up. she says that because I had seen true crime right before this, and so I, like the whole time they were talking, I was afraid he was going to lean in for a kiss, <laughs> <laughs> and she would be like, "Oh, I'm so lucky. God. This old man is. Oh man, we'll get to it with true crime, but boy, um, oh boy, oh boy. So then I don't know. There's there's all these machinations well, e. G. E. G. and this whole plot keeps happening. E.G. Marshall. E.G. Marshall, Marshall hires a hitman to assassinate Clint Eastwood to get revenge for killing his wife. How does he figure out it's him? Does because Ed Harris because Ed him? Harris tells him that this is our suspect. Right, he finds out. You know, it's all like old guys too, and the whole E.G. Marshall thing where he's it's like that like oh, gross old gross he, old I, man the, who's the got hit, a trophy wife shit. Where and you're the hitman's like, Richard Jenkins. The hitman is Richard Dick, Dick Richard Jenkins. Jenkins, who I love, but sure. who's ba- who's barely in this and yeah. is a and is a terrible a terrible at his job too. Yeah. He's like like everybody <laughs> in this movie. He is bad at his job. Yeah. And Dennis <laughs> Haysbert has been is the because he's the evil Secret Service been has been tasked by Gene Hackman to be like take the guy out. Gene Hackman's so like is all about hiring having his Secret Service people but assassinate me- people. Yeah. But meanwhile, Scott Glenn is actually recording all these conversations where Gene Hackman just directly talks about how he killed how they killed this girl, mm-hmm. and also is like tapped the phones of Ed Harris's uh, police department. police department and is like recording all this shit. And and he's also like. Doing that so that they can they can get there first, so mm-hmm. they can set up a hitman, so they can set up Dennis Haysbert. That scene where it's Haysbert cutting, 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 cutting between Haysbert and, uh, and Jenkins, Jenkins loading their guns at the same time. Yeah. It is a good fifteen minutes long of just cro- crossing back and forth between the, uh, Dick yeah. Jenkins and Dennis Haysbert assembling guns. This is another scene in some in a hands of somebody who gave a shit. Right, would be like a very cool thriller scene. Right. And it instead it's like it's like the whole the scene's taking a while and then Clint Eastwood's like kind of in a disguise and you're like we're like well he can't he's not just going there is he he knows he knows something's up because there's cops everywhere and two hitmen right. that are gonna that are snipers and you and then he just and no, no he look, just, he's one of the he, world's great thieves. then he just goes down and sits <laughs> next to his daughter and is like look I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't, kill that, I didn't kill that broad. Also, there was this scene before. There's this weird scene between With the waiter? her and the waiter where she's like, <laughs> yeah. she's like, I wanted I to do, bring that up. I do not want to order something. He's like, but you have to order something. And, in and a, he, in a, it's, he's got he's this a cartoonish, cartoonish accent. Yeah, and she's like, and she's like, accent. well, I don't want to. And we're like, just fucking order something. Just order a drink. This you movie funny. does she's, not have to be two hours she's long. Like, I'm waiting for somebody. He's like, oh, b- but are they going to order something? We'll order the entire menu as soon as he gets here. Okay. And you're like, fuck. 
fuck. Now I want the sniper to shoot you. Because this happened to Clint Eastwood like at, at the right. lunch buffet two days at before. The, at, at craft services, yeah. <laughs> that goddamn Chinaman kept on telling us to order something. I'm putting Jesus. it in the fucking movie. Did you, uh, <laughs> you mention, it's funny that you bring that up while talking about how this would be like a, a good thriller scene because after like all the shit happens and Clint Eastwood... Clint, uh, the, the Sioux snipers miss him. Yeah, all the, yeah. There's like, a, but there's like a shootout and all yeah. this stuff's going down. And Clint Eastwood manages to escape. He's got a trench escape. coat. He's got like Carmen San Diego outfit. Yeah, and underneath he's wearing a police officer's right. outfit, which is so how he escapes. How he ostensibly. escapes. Yeah, but as he's go- leaving through the back of the restaurant, that waiter comes by and passes him again. It doesn't do anything, or yeah. he's just sort of like looks scared. Yeah, and I'm like. What's the guy? Is that guy going to do something? Is he going to spot? No, nothing. So in another thriller, that bit where she interacts with the waiter before the shit happens would call back later. Exactly. But no, we couldn't be bothered. Or he would, just wanted to have that scene. That's or it. during the scene where she's arguing with the waiter, it would somehow like, like visually tie right. in with the rest of the thriller scene that's happening around it. Right. But it literally is just her arguing with a waiter. And she comes off like an asshole who's sitting at this cafe and is refusing to order something. Yeah. And this guy is he's he's doing a bit, his job. He's a bit overzealous, maybe, but he's doing his job, which is to to give customers things. And he's kind of in his mind going like, "Well, if you're just gonna sit there, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave because somebody else could this sit there and order stuff. No. This is a business, after just all. This isn't Italy. Order a fucking coffee. Seriously, yeah, exactly. Get and, a couple and she could just order Jesus. a coffee, but she doesn't, and it's really funny. Also, she doesn't have a menu in front of her, so it's like that's a good point. <laughs> Everybody, no, I think bad she at points to the menu off camera. Or something, yeah, there's one though. over here. Yeah. The uh, let's talk about Clint Eastwood master disguise in this movie. <laughs> oh, oh man, that shit's really funny. He even talks to Ed Harris about it. So, I don't know some thieves. You know, not me back in my day, but they wear. They even have wig makers that are on. They on wear their payroll. And they stuff. wear full lederhosen <laughs> and have a big wooden pipe. <laughs> there's disguises in two of these movies. And, yeah, uh, they're always bad. Oh, that's right. They're always bad. It's, it was very a murder of crowsy, <laughs> especially in the second one, in yeah. the next movie. But uh, in this one, it was. Uh, but like in this yeah. one, it's very funny because it's just Clint Eastwood wearing a fake beard. One, he's got a beard, but then the second one is really funny because it's like a practically like a curly mustache, yeah, and, and in, like a weird hat and stuff. And in this centerpiece scene where they like don't where the two snipers don't kill him, he isn't wearing a disguise, and you think this would be the time that you would wear a, a right. full beard, right? Because mm-hmm. you're. Because he, he clearly knows that, like, either all the cops are there or some cops are going to be there. The way he's, like, sort of dressed. And they even, they're even looking at like, who's this guy? Let's watch this guy. Is this right. our guy? And then they go, oh, yeah, that's Ed our Harris, guy. And you're like, Ed Harris seen- says, is this our guy? And it's like, you've seen him before. <laughs> it is you him. Had, you had a buffet with him at a you fucking museum. You talked to him for a long time. You hung out for, like, for like what felt like two hours. You guys liked each other. Here's here's the thing I found disappointing <laughs> about all this. Is that they, don't, they don't milk it at all. No. Just like the thriller thing. It's like, so you got Clint Eastwood in these disguises, and some of them are, are pretty goofy. Like, let's roll with that. Seriously. Why, why isn't he, like, you're saying why doesn't he show up in a disguise to meet with Laura Linney? I'm saying why does he show up in a disguise to meet with her and do, like, a funny accent, yeah. too. You know, like, <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Or, or, like, the waiter is like, you got to order. No, it's been me the whole time. You yeah. Know? Like, just do some shit. Like, I wanted yeah. to see, like, a scene in the mansion where it's, like, the, the Secret Service guy's walking past a suit of armor and then the visor comes up and he's <laughs> oh, in there. Fuck you know? yes. Just, like, do something. Do yeah, anything. Seriously, like, make it do. Well, and that's the thing is that that's and that cu- comes back to it, Eastwood clearly wanted to get through the day, yeah. make the movie, get it out to people, and then people will think it's fine. <laughs> like, which yeah. is what happened. And it is. It's fine. 
People it's thought this was fine. I thought it was fine. But this I don't, movie sucks. It's just very lazy. I don't yeah. think it's the worst thing ever. It's not like these none of these movies I felt like were like the worst movie, but they're also not good. They're just very like mm-hmm. there. Like this movie got finished and released to people. True, true crime is kind of the worst movie, but and, that, and that's why I liked it the most of yeah. these three because it's like it has at least it's it has my favorite thing of all three. That's funny, we all it. we all picked one different. You liked that one the most. I thought Bloodwork was the best, quote unquote, best yeah. one, and you liked this and, one. The uh, most. And, and by the way, when we say the best, none of them are good. Right. If I'm saying no, right. which one is technically the best, it's probably this one because I think it at least looks good. Uh, and, uh, this and one, has I the think this one cast. looks pretty good. I just yeah. think this yeah. one is the most, and it has the I, it has the most so stacked boring. cast out of everybody. But it has the most stuff happening in it. Like it, it, it's like there's not long scenes in the middle of the movie that is supposed to be exciting or whatever. Like in Bloodwork and True Crime, I'm like, is this movie still on? Like, are they <laughs> are they trying to solve a crime or something in this? True Crime takes place in one day. And you never feel any <laughs> sense of urgency. That sense that is, oh man! But I, this, I, I'm very excited to talk about this that movie, movie. There's constant sense of urgency. You know, Laura Linney gets pushed off this cliff. It's all kinds of stuff happening where you're kind of, yeah. you're, you're a little bit catching up with the movie in right. some ways because you're like, why is this happening now? Why are they doing this? Later on, just randomly, is it because it's everybody's bad at their jobs? Is why they're having this after stuff. this sting or after this like assassination sting job goes south. And Clint Eastwood escapes. Gene Hackman just basically goes like, "Ah, he might have told his daughter, better kill her." <laughs> kill and you're her like, too. "Really?" And they don't do that. <laughs> they fail to do that. He did, in fact, tell his daughter. He and, did, right? He, he was hiding in the apartment when Ed Harris comes in, and he's Ed Harris is like, "Boy, uh, oof, sorry for how shitty that went for you. Like that was like I I brought you on board this sting operation. You almost died. There's right. like a there's like anyways. A little... Do you want to go out with me? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go out with he, me? He says like ten times in the scene, like I live, oh, alone. I live alone. Yeah, you know, I live alone. I live alone, and Sparks I guess it's... are flying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're supposed. She to be. is into it. Oh, sure. She's blushing and she's, smiling. She's into it, but the you don't get that. You know what I mean? Right. Like the right. Mov- the, she's into it because the movie's like. She has to be. I'm into this, but you don't get that like she's into Ed Harris. Yeah. But he does keep mentioning that he lives alone, and he is at her apartment a couple times. Clint Eastwood breaks into her apartment before he's going to leave the first time, and like looks in her fridge and goes, ah, that's not good. She and then he like buys, and she looks in the fridge later, and she's got all kinds of food. Like she's she works too hard and doesn't eat right. good. Yeah. Apparently, she needs a bag even of though she's Laura Linney, and, and she like looks attractive and like fit or whatever sure like but then he's like she she even mentions like i eat poorly and he doesn't like clearly you're like yeah you clearly are not healthy Mm -hmm. you're the unhealthiest person in this movie that's clearly the stuff that eastwood is like the most interested in too yeah and it's the only it's kind of the only interesting stuff in the movie are like the weird i like the scene with the digressions like the scene with him and the uh the lady who his like passport lady Mm -hmm. like i like that because it's like there's this history and she's like she's like you don't seem like a runner. Like she's like, you seem really worried. All the guys and my guys I know that run. I like the that talk. All those scenes. That scene's fun because it feels like it's from an Elmore Leonard mm-hmm. book or something. You're like, oh, this is a different. This is a different, better movie. Right. For a second, then it's Dennis Haysburg getting air shot into his neck. And, <laughs> and that scene's pretty fucking cool. Speaking of Eastwood, Eastwood's like she's earlier. They're like he's not a murderer, and then he murders a guy like ten minutes later. Cold, yeah, in I cold liked, blood. But that stuff where like the the, the, he's, the he's Ed Harris, just defending his daughter. The too, Ed Harris so. Laura Linney stuff or like the the stuff with. Clint and his daughter too. Like that's what he's interested in. He he, yeah. Even in even in the good, the, whether the movie is good or bad, he always takes a lot of time with that stuff. Right. Though just like the the downtime in between the uh, air quotes exciting events of the story, Which, he always like layers in these like very simple, very patient 
character pieces. Which I think is which I think is like part of the problem with it is a problem in these three movies because sure. it, because especially not this one this one a little bit but in true crime particularly there's a clock there's like a that movie is like a sh- is a ticking clock movie right and there are a lot of scenes where it's like Clint Eastwood taking his time yeah. and I think well, like, except for one scene where he's not taking his time we'll talk about right that. except for one scene <laughs> yeah boy oh boy. But like it's the same thing in Bloodwork, which has like a like an extended thing about he's romancing this woman, you know, he's like starting to date this new lady. Kiss my scar, yeah, uh, you. you know, and yep. and it's like, be it's sort of about also the relationship between him and his friend, his neighbor, and stuff like that, and that's that takes up so much time because that's clearly what he wants to do. Yeah, but he keeps putting it into these thrillers that that he doesn't really follow through with. No, you know. I like I that's the those things are the reason why I didn't hate any of these movies. Mm. You know, I like that that's just his idiosyncrasy. Once you settle into that rhythm and you're like, well, I know what this is. I know that he's going to do this, so I'm just I'm just going to be here for that. Yeah. Um it makes these go down I guess a bit more smoothly. Um I think he does it in other better movies. Oh, absolutely. Better than I'm, in these. I'm not ones, trying to suggest so. that like this is the good part yeah, of the yeah, film. Yeah. I'm just saying that like once you know that he's going to do that and you kind of expect it then it's sort of like when it happens, you're not like Jesus Christ, get on with it. You know what I mean? You're just like, all right, this is what I was, this is what I signed up yeah, for. Yeah, that's true. Although I was like, uh, Jesus Christ, get on with it. Sure, sure. These movies. <laughs> Two right. hours. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a bad response or that like you shouldn't feel that way. It's more just like when I watch them personally, yeah. I'm like, I, it's kind of like it's like uh, with like Terrence Malick now, where you're like, okay, this is what this is going to be like. <laughs> you know. Um, it's like you, Clint. You clearly want this movie to be over with as soon as possible. Why is it two hours long? <laughs> you shave forty minutes off of this baby. You get back to your to your house real quick. Yeah, but uh, wrap it up. He, he there. I do. There's also a funny scene where he's like gonna flee the country, and then yes. he sees he sees the president on TV like like lying yeah. to the press, and he go. Well, do you have the line? Uh, I don't have the whole uh, line, but this is a part of his because he's watching TV. That he makes it's in the funny because it's funny because he's like, or Clint, do you have Clint's line? Because he's like, yes, I do. Because that's the funny part. The, really the speech funny. or whatever Hackman's going like, my friend, we're gonna find who killed my friend's wife. It wasn't my Secret Service guys because I uh, I was fucking her. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, this is the speech that, not he, the that, speech he, that he makes to the Americans about this horrible crime that happened to the world's greatest human being. Uh, the great, great billionaire. Not e. the late, Marshall. not the dead, not the dead wife. E.G. Marshall. E.G. Marshall. She the was greatest man. She was like uh, trash. Was just, yeah. The man who she's a trophy who wife. Bought who out his father's coal husband. mine and paid and gave fifty thousand dollars to all of the uh, <laughs> miners who worked there. Uh, anyways, he goes. Uh, we a- all lock our doors now, but that isn't what concerns me. We're also locking our hearts. Oh boy, that is the sadness. And then he, he brings out E.G. Marshall and is like, Ah, you're a great, great, great. Great man, <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of this or whatever. And then, and then there's this zoo, like super close up on Clint Eastwood looking at the looking at the yeah. screen, and he goes, "You heartless whore! <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking run from you, and Mr. It's, President. It's so funny, Mr. Clint uh, Hackman. It's so funny because like, w- w- why? Why won't you run from him? Like, what? What did? What did you think He's he was? Not gonna, a man of honor. Like, yeah, yeah it's so dumb though, because up, up to this point, there's no like, there's no nothing that has said like that. Not that the Clint Eastwood character is without honor, but that like, what? So what are you gonna do? Stay behind and get caught or something? Like, or like you're gonna? It seems it seems weird because it's like, well, 
just run, just run from him. Well, he what had, did he, he ex- what a- did he expect this guy to do that he watched uh, almost rape this woman right. and then like he's like this guy then went on TV and lied. You're like, yeah, what? <laughs> what did you think he was gonna do? He has a master plan where the president tries to kill his daughter, almost <laughs> succeeds. His uh, Aaron Palmer, uh, President Palmer, pushes his uh, his daughter off a cliff. She survives, and then they, in her car, and then he tries to kill her again in the hospital. Yeah. And then Clint Eastwood kills him by injecting, by injecting poison, poison injecting right into his poison neck. right into his. And Aaron Palmer is going like, "Mercy!" He goes, "You don't." Get That's any David Palmer. David Aaron Palmer. Was, sorry, yeah. David Palmer. Press Palmer. You don't get any fucking mercy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just kills him, and then uh, and then he, then he goes and all then, state right before he dies. Or is it all state. <laughs> Or is it, uh, I think it's Allstate. I don't know. You're in our hands with Allstate. Allstate life like, insurance. Time to execute the final part of my master plan, <laughs> which is like uh, picking up E.G. Marshall in a limousine. Disguised as his chauffeur. Telling him what Your other guy's on vacation. And then it'll just work itself out. He and goes, it does. And he gives E.G. Marshall that. Now, here's the thing is that, like, he does. The Hackman's character, the president, then, like, is off camera, is offed. Now. What do you guys think? Do you think he gave Hackman the knife and went like, I'm going to tell all this stuff, so you have to kill yourself? Or do you think that E.G. Marshall killed him? I think E.G. Marshall killed him because later yeah. on, because Ed Harris goes, why would he stab himself? Right, that's a good, well, why would he stab <laughs> no, himself in the throat? A, a reporter asks yes. him oh, a reporter? That. Yeah, he goes, in but why would he stab himself in the throat? Or yes. whatever, just stab himself. Just incredibly lazy ending where, like, E.G. Marshall's, like, at first when Clint Eastwood's, like, telling him, but Clint Eastwood's like, look, look, I'm the world's greatest thief, you're the world's greatest man, <laughs> let's level with each other, and, and he's, like, immediately, like, convinces him, he's like, you know in your heart what happened, he's like, all right, take me to the White House. And then you see him walking up that to the door. Shit, when he goes into the White House, is hilarious it's, because it's like he, he walks past multiple security people and they're and he's like, "Do you need to search me or everything?" Like they're like, "No." Well, he, goes, he goes to the Not metal you, detector. World's greatest man. He goes to the metal detector and beeps off. And he's like, "Oh, it's my cane." And they right. go, "That's fine." Also, though, I do like I would like to point out that like part of it is that he's an old man. That's part of the. No, 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 that's I like a it. thing running through the movie too. Is that like well, nobody suspects him at the end. I think of right. murdering the president because he's a very old man. Same as like they they go, they go like well, Clint Eastwood can't possibly be the guy who did this because sure. he's he's very old and he points out how old he is to Ed Harris sure. multiple times. I'm so, just saying I'm that forty eight uh, years old. <laughs> that even even by the standards of of the world in which this movie takes place, it's fucking absurd that he just shows up at the White House is like, hey, uh, can I uh, check out. Uh, uh, what's his name over there? He even and has the yeah. knife out as he's walking to the to <laughs> and and making stabbing Hackman motions. answers the door and goes like, "Hey, great man, come on in." And you're like, "Isn't he holding a yeah. knife?" Also, out? also, I'm sure that when you go to the White House, there's one guy on the door and a dude at a desk behind him, and that's it. Like yeah. you clear that dude, and you're just free. There ain't nobody else in the White House on the way to the fucking <laughs> yeah, president's right. office. There's a funny scene. <laughs> there's a funny scene with Hackman earlier with Hackman and Judy Davis because she gets sent a the, the necklace, the or necklace, and it's Ugh. the necklace from that was from stolen vault. from the, uh, the vault. I think it's the one that she was wearing because mm. he steals that before he leaves. It's the one that the, the she murder was, victim was yeah. was wearing was at wearing. the time. And so she she, he, doesn't she, gets, know that. she doesn't know that she gets it and just signed from the Mr. President. president. And they're, they're at like a public thing she's and they have this with, whole She's in love with Gene She's Hackman. in love with him and they have this whole dance sequence and he's explaining to her where he's like going like it wasn't me you idiot or whatever it's it's they're like, like they're, it's, per, they're like smiling in front very, of the people but like having a very heavy conversation. It's a very Classic stupid trope. scene but I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was entertaining anyway. 
you know, where it was like, okay, well, this is a fun way to do this. I don't know that this is the perfectly the way. That to would have been the perfect time to scene, like pan over, and there's like Clint Eastwood is dressed as a security <laughs> exactly. guard. You know, like, he's got to be in the fucking movie. But he did. He did like go in there, <laughs> right, and like leave her a note, and she and she even gets mad about it. She's like, he snuck in here, and you're like, yeah, that should be the whole movie. Right. How, are, yeah, how is that scene not in the movie? Exactly. How is the whole movie after you after he goes, I'm gonna get you, you motherfucker? Close up is not just him wearing different disguises and fucking with the president. Like, that should be the whole rest of the movie, but instead it's him uh, going to visit his daughter in the hospital. And then it ends with that whole, and it ends with him. All three of these movies have, it's like this guy's redemptive arc sort of thing. It ends with him just at his daughter. You're like, oh, you, you know it's what? They are going to be, uh, they are going to be a father and daughter. I'm going to be here for you now. I baby. hope that cop dates you. Yeah, right? Uh, my favorite part of the whole She's movie. She's like, oh, I don't, uh, I don't. I'm not into him. I'm not into I'm not bald, bald guys. Bald yeah. guys. <laughs> it's cold. Man. That's some cold shit. No, a cha- bald man, no I'm chance not into in that. hell. I am not into bald men. Mm. Father. I don't like <laughs> men with a high T count. Father. Uh, Father. <laughs> Every line. I need Stop to, point- to hook me up with police officers. Or I need to point out that you are my father. Father. Yeah, I know I'm your dad. Why do you keep saying that? Otherwise, I'd want to go on a date with you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're just my age. Um, there's just this part when it when it cuts from E.G. Marshall like knocking on Gene Hackman's door, and then and Gene Hackman going "Hey!" and then it cuts because like if you showed this scene, that might be some sort of drama, right. some sort of interest. It would also be hilarious because be it would be two elderly men like uh, fighting each other, maybe. Yeah, and then like three minutes later, you see this news report, <laughs> and it's like not long after. The president of the, as far as anybody knows, the president of the United States has, has committed, committed suicide <laughs> in the Oval Office, and the reporter is just going like, some pretty interesting stuff has happened here uh, minutes ago. Anyways, we have an interview with a guy who saw it happen, right? and she's like, Mr. Sullivan, do you have any idea why the president would take his own life? And he's like, wow, I don't know. I think, I think goes, we'll never probably know. We'll never no, like, know. And, nobody, and nobody's going like, did you do it? Because like, that seems more likely. Why are you holding that bloody knife, sir? <laughs> yeah. the, the last guy who the last guy who was in the office who ha- was he? Did he see it happen? Is that what he's saying? That's what or, he's saying. Or yeah. did he? He did it right in front of me. Okay, because that's because that's like I feel like they would maybe investigate that and go I feel like, like, I feel uh, like. So did you? So the president was fine before, and then you went in there, and then <laughs> he killed, himself. and then he and then he was dead. Yeah. Oh, he, he killed himself. Oh, well, you're a great man, so never mind. Let we won't, ask you, we let me ask you this. No further investigation necessary. Yep. Let me ask you this. So E.G. Marshall is a great man, a billionaire. The best. The best, greatest man. <laughs> Do you think, because there's obviously going to be some kind of investigation, do you think that he makes up that he like basically like engineers like some scandal that would have happened that the president would have killed himself over? I don't even think or, Clint Eastwood thought about this stuff. So I know I'm just curious because I was like, this is one of those what what's the fucking plan here yeah. things because it's like, the, this is going to be so heavily speculated upon in the world of the movie that they're going to find something that they're going to try to attribute this to. I would say. So what's that going to be? I would be? say in the real world, it's going to be heavily speculated upon. In the world of this movie, right, it's sure. going to be forgotten, forgotten immediately. It won't even go to trial. They'll just be like, E.G. Marshall said it was fine. So yeah, like, he's a great man. The world of this movie, everybody's bad at the their best. jobs. So. <laughs> Including, including including murderers, reporters, homicide detectives, everything. They're but gonna I, go. Yeah, this is fine. Well, it looks like he killed himself. End of story. But if I like to think, if I'm writing fan fiction about this, that E.G. Marshall <laughs> goes on trial on national television and kills himself <laughs> with a knife, cuts oh, his boy. own throat. 
I'm writing fanfic about this. Uh, it's like a Tales from the Crypt episode where the, the woman that got murdered at the beginning comes back to life and stabs him to death in the <laughs> Oval Office, and they find her rotting corpse on top of him. Wow. That's my fanfic. No, mine and Clint is... Eastwood goes, whoa, heavy. Clint Eastwood finds out that Laura Linney isn't his daughter, so they can finally hook up. There should have been, been a scene <laughs> where some hot Clint Eastwood disguises himself as the dead woman and uh, comes after Gene Hackman, gives him a heart attack. <laughs> No, he finds out he's not her father, but he is her stepfather. That's really oh, big. Oh, that's hot stuff. That's hot stuff right now is all the step- <laughs> there needed to stepfather, like, stepbrother, step-sibling stuff. Or, so. or they could there could have been a scene where Clint Eastwood's disguised as Gene Hackman, and he goes on TV and says, I killed her! <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> We should probably These wrap are up. All better we should probably wrap up. Absolutely, we've spent all too long speculating a much better movie. <laughs> yeah. we, we've got, you got we've, any more quotes? Yeah, there is. There is a part in it where, where Ed Harris is like just after that scene where the waiter antagonizes Laura Linney. <laughs> that fucking waiter. He's like, really. He's really laying into he's Laura just Linney. Laying into her. Would you and please s- buy something, ma'am? <laughs> no, I will not. Absolutely not. Leave me alone. I just want to sit here in your restaurant. I'd call the cops if they weren't all over there waiting for my thief father to show up. Let me speak to your manager. I'm Karen. <laughs> I'm Karen. Uh, yeah, but he, but Ed, Ed Harris, like someone leans in and goes like, where is he? And Ed Harris goes, maybe that's him disguised as the Chinaman. Oh, <laughs> actually geez. says Chinaman. Uh, that's amazing. And then there's a part in it where uh, Judy Davis is like squaring off with Scott Glenn, just like yelling at him. And Scott Glenn, who who also commits suicide off camera, that's right. <laughs> and but has but then he's at his desk with a stack of tapes that incriminate. And you the don't president. see his, his face. His brains are splattered all over that picture of Jack. So I Kemp. guess yes. I guess someone th- says his, says his name. You don't yeah. see his face, so it might not even be Scott Glenn. Like so they I, couldn't get him. I guess in the world of this movie, that stuff does come to mm. light because yeah. like it's all those tapes, and he right. taped the president that's going right. like, that's go, right. so he doesn't I have to. Because he doesn't have to orchestrate anything. Oh, no, yeah. that's a bummer. Because all this stuff is much oh, easier the, that way. Oh, the president was a terrible man. All these tapes that this guy secretly recorded. Ugh. But anyways, she's she's squaring off with Scott Glenn, who's uh, you know, who's re, is grappling. He can't handle what he's done. Mm-hmm. Participated in this killing, and uh, and he goes, and she's like, "You fucking idiot! What do you have to say for yourself or whatever?" And he's like, "Every time I see your face, I want to rip your throat out." Oh, and boy. she goes. Fine, you win the pissing contest. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that was easy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'd expect her to say that. <laughs> Anyways, ratings. Uh, two and a half Juds, just because this is just is like straight down the middle. It's like I think that I think that Clint does things interestingly in a formal way sometimes in this movie. Other times not. I think sometimes he's good. Other times not. This is just like straight up, you know, one yeah. of those missed opportunity movies. Could have been good, not terrible. Um, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it like two and a half Douglases too for the for the opening scene. It is, it is pretty pretty sleazy. gnarly. Yeah, could be sleazier though. Sure, yeah. There's no nudity or anything. Yeah, but just the whole thing is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gross. Yeah, yeah, it is gross. I do, and apparently you, you, that he's done it a bunch. You know. Yeah, he's he's Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. And Clint uh, Eastwood's in disguise. Yeah, baby. I wish <laughs> there were ten. Yeah, it only happens like twice. I know. Uh, I'm giving it one and a half Juds. <laughs> wow. I do think it's terrible. This is the second time I've watched this movie in a year, I think, Jesus. and uh, just really does not go down easy. These, these <laughs> they offer so little. Yeah. These Clint Eastwood, all, all three of these Clint Eastwood movies, I liked them the most when they were at their worst. So like those scenes that you guys were talking about, where there's like character development that is like technically good in other movies, are just part of the boring stew, and yeah. like it's the shitty stuff that I that I come alive watching. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. 
I'm going to give it two and a half Douglases as well. Just that it is just a really long scene where and it's not graphic per se, but she's like blowing him and he's eating her out. And then it just goes on and on. And just kind of like gross. You know, she dies really violently after getting, you know, after getting like, you know, beaten up. Yeah. Then she gets murdered. And it's kind of like not a tear shed for the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like only E.G. Marshall is actually like E.G. Marshall actively wants to vindicate his wife. He's you know? uh, he is he is devastated. He's they, devastated. And he's, he, uh, you know, it's one of those movie things where they go like the old the old and goes like, well, you know, and the thing is, she really did love me or right. whatever. And you go, well, I don't know about that. But, but. nobody else gives <laughs> nobody else gives a shit about this deadly. No. <laughs> so anyway, and it's just Gene Jan, Hackman. Jan from the office again. Yeah, Jan from I the office. That's that. right. And it's just Gene Hackman <laughs> just going, "You goddamn bitch, you bitch, yeah, you fuck." Bitch. Yeah. And over and over. And you mean, fight and that, back when I hit you. And that's why I, I mean I do like it when when the reveal happens that he's president. I think it's fun because yeah. it's like that would be Ooh. in a better movie. That would be like because you only see him having been a monster, right. and then you find out oh he's the fucking president. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, but it's the movie isn't quite yeah. good enough to peaks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, 15 minutes of guns being assembled. <laughs> <laughs> just a really, really long scene. It is. Takes a while. Uh I'm I'm going I'm going with Matt. I'm going two and a half. I this this is the one I enjoyed the most. I mm. think it's fucking stupid, but I enjoyed I was like laughing a lot with it. And I was kinda like I enjoyed I didn't found I found all three of these a little tedious. Mm-hmm. But this one was the one I found the le- the least sleep inducing. <laughs> this is the one that I found the most it was like, well at least stuff is constantly happening, kind right. of. There are those scenes, but they're like if between that, there are car. There's a car chase. I think in this. I don't know. It feels like the other ones were like, it's like few and far between, mm-hmm. like a whole movie, and then there's one action scene or something. <laughs> this will make up for all that other boring shit. So I'm at two and a half. Uh, I'll go, I'm going to two and a half. I'll go two and a half. Douglas is all the gross. The mainly just for that first scene, and I'm going. I'm gonna go one. This is a weird one. My one. Let's have it. One president who's better than Donald Trump, despite actually being. <laughs> The villain of the movie. I think Donald Trump <laughs> wow. stabs a woman probably about every exactly. two or three months. Yeah. Like we're gonna, there's just gonna be a stack of bodies <laughs> that are discovered after yeah, he's this, out of office. This Gene Hackman character in the movie I'll is, take it. is only a monster, better than Donald Trump. Mm. They're gonna find like a mass grave Somebody in the backyard fucking, of the White House yeah, or something. Call Trump. He's not gonna like that. <laughs> uh, that was that was my. <laughs> well, the uh, uh, so okay. the real. The, and, and so now we got to get to the the centerpiece, which is really what we're all here to talk about, which is the movie Speed Zoo. <laughs> the movie Speed Zoo, everybody. Yes, so nineteen ninety nine. My, my favorite. My favorite. Oh, why do you think of Beecham? Well, sometimes I think about the girl he shot dead over ninety six dollars. Mostly, I think about doing my job. Well, twelve hours from now, convicted killer Frank Beecham will be executed by lethal injection. Healthy as a horse. All I'm looking for here is the human interest angle, you know, final day, what it's like, right? Put Everett on it. To set everything with Everett is a big investigative witch hunt. Hey, he was a drunk then, he isn't now. Everett, come here. I want to tell everyone that I believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I believe I'm going to a better place, better justice there. Is there any more that you want? Mr. Beecham, frankly, I don't give a rat's ass about Jesus Christ and... I don't care about justice in this world or the next. So I'm going to ask you, did you kill that woman or not? 
Oh, I forgot. What it was yeah. called. I thought this was just Speed Zoo. Speed Zoo the movie. I thought the movie was Speed Zoo. Clint Eastwood's Speed Zoo. Well, Speed 2 didn't do so well, so they tried to do another sequel. <laughs> it spiraled out of control, too. But Now, Travis, when you did see Speed Zoo, did it live up to the hype? Absolutely. Cause, well, because we were, we were texting, Matt and I were texting, we were all texting back and forth about it, and then you went, well, this better, Speed Zoo better live up to the hype. And I kind of was like, I don't. I think it will, There's but no I don't way know. It couldn't. It does. It Speed Zoo is the best. Thing. And then when I was Speed Zoo is a hey, the the most. First of all, the only remotely thrilling scene in this entire thriller, <laughs> and and the best the, thing, the in best all thing in all three movies. of these movies by far. Speed Zoo. One of the weirdest things you'll ever see. And uh, it's a, it's a kind of thing that kind of only Clint Eastwood would do. Mm-hmm. But also, like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. The whole movie is. Why I wonder would you if it's in that? the book. I, I may be. It's the sort of thing that also in the book could be just sort of like, man. man. But yeah, then right. just when you see it with that music and the way that it's done, you're like, whoa. I want to see this. Zoo. I want to see the uh, poster for Speed Zoo, the movie, <laughs> in like a Seinfeld episode where they're at the movie theater and it just says, we go fast. It's like Rochelle Rochelle, the we musical, sack lunch. The, the, the tagline is, we go fast. Speed Zoo. Prognosis negative. We go fast. Speed, Speed Zoo. Zoo. <laughs> When we were when, when I, I was watching this yesterday and I posted a couple pictures from it, it had nothing to do with Speed Zoo. They were just sh- pictures from true crime, and like several people went Speed Zoo. Yeah, <laughs> uh. I remembered I, the last time I saw this movie was like I don't know years ago. And I had I, not I, seen. I, this. I remembered Speed Zoo, and I was telling Kev about it. He, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you you texted me something." I was like, "Did you get to Speed Zoo yet?" And you're like, "No, no spoilers. I'm only twenty minutes in." Yeah, that was yeah because I was like, "No, no, no spoilers." Speed Zoo because when you just say the word Speed Zoo, like, nobody knows what that means. You don't know what that means, and it's a thrill. <laughs> So you think like, oh, maybe it's like there's a chase in a zoo, or there's a chase in a zoo, or something. Nope. Or something, and then when you get the speed zoo and find out what it is, it's so much better than anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll get there. Let's let's not let's not shoot our load just yet. I just, I mean, I don't know. That's like, main, not, that's mainly the only thing. Let's not shoot our load just yet. We're not Clint Eastwood. We're not Clint Eastwood Mas- in this movie. Master load shooter. I mean, okay. the walk, a walking boner. This movie starts with guy who can't stop. This fucking. movie starts with Clint Eastwood, a very old, sixty-nine year old. Very Clint important that he's sixty-nine. In this I mean, movie. it's appropriate that he's yeah. sixty-nine. He's like, I'm sixty-nine. And I better make an like appropriate movie. But like, it's. That the only other interesting thing in this movie is that Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood decided to cast himself Clint, Clint, in this that movie. That a seventy-year-old man is playing just like a total pussy hound in this movie. It is hilarious. But he's yeah, also I clearly to supposed to be like a younger, a much no, younger sure. man. Sure, no, like, like his once. daughter is very. They, his, they never say how old he is. No, but, no. yeah. But nobody remarks it. As, as, nobody goes like, "You're an old man," or like, "Boy, this is right. this is pretty." Like he, he, he's, he's. I swear to God, he's supposed to be forty in this movie. And this yeah. is after Absolute crazy. Power, in which they. They constantly reference that he's an old man, yeah. which is and, one and of the things I liked about blood the movie. work later on. Yeah, and blood work later on. But then in this one, they'd never do. He has, and a it's like clearly written for like a Michael Douglas age guy. Even Michael Douglas then, I think, would have been good. The good age, like he's like sure, like that type of guy. Okay, yeah, he could have a young daughter, but Clint Eastwood, you go like, <laughs> no way is he. Married to this woman, yeah. He has a, he has a, a wife. Wife. his wife is Diane Venora, and they have like a three-year-old daughter. And they have a very, a very young, and, girl, and, and yes. nobody ever mentions about it. And he's constantly he's he's sleeping with younger he's women. The whole his, movie, he's cucking his boss's his boss, Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary. He's also cucking his boss. And That's Dennis true. Leary is when when there's a scene where he's coming to terms with it or like you know confronting Clint Eastwood about it, and and, and at no point does he kind of go like, "What bothers me the most is that you're a <laughs> fucking old man. Is that what is going the, on? I don't want." Get, I, I mean, I'm okay, getting, I'm okay my... getting cucked, okay? But I don't want to get cucked by a mummy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think you hear me knocking, and I think I'm coming in. <laughs> I think I'm coming in. I want to get cucked by That's some young guy That's what he says when he, discovers, when he discovers Clint fucking his wife. He's I like, I think cucked. you hear me knocking, and I think I'm I coming think I'm in. Coming. I want to get cucked by fucking Fabio. Not, okay? Not, not, this, <laughs> okay. Old, not this old shriveled man. Okay? I want to get cucked by Mickey and Mallory, all right? Okay. 
Let me tell you what I like about Mickey and Mallory. <laughs> They're not cucking me. Clint Eastwood is. Okay. He's 100 years old. So... <laughs> This movie starts with Tony Eastwood trying to seduce a colleague, like who who is supposed supposed to be a twenty three year old, Mary, Mary McConnell, uh, or not McConnell, Mary, Mary McCormick, Mary McCormick, uh, and uh, Dangerous and Beauty. She's no, no. That's Does the that lady. Mary? That's the lady from Braveheart. Ugh, all right. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mary McConnell? No. Mary McDonald. No, this that is gonna, dances with wolves. This is gonna hurt my All brain. Right. This is gonna matter. hurt my. It brain. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, the very, point is, she's supposed to be. 23. Sorry, I'm sorry. Apologies, we don't. They're drinking in a bar together. Similar. And this is they're truly get, they're insane. getting drunk. And Clint Eastwood basically is like, "Why don't you come home and fuck me?" And she's like, "I'll think about that for a minute." Like she's she's, tempted, she's into it. Very tempted. Then she goes, "Bad idea," because we're colleagues. Not only no, not because you're my grandpa's age. But the first first she's like. We're colleagues, and he's like, "That's that, I don't don't worry about that." And then he, she's married. like, "You're married." And he's like, "I don't care." Then she's like, "Aren't you a little old for me?" And he's like, "Absolutely not." And then she's like, "All right, well, yeah, I can't right. because I have to get up early because to cover the case of the guy who's going to get executed tomorrow." Tomorrow. And so she drives off. She's drunk. She's drunk. She gets in a terrible car accident and dies. It's and another. Way- and it's another person who. Like Clint Eastwood feels bad about her, but throughout the movie, her death is is like either treated very callously or like people are kind of like, who cares? Except, and it's very except like one other one other weird there's guy. A, no, there's a scene where he goes to visit her father. Yeah, which is a really good scene. I don't. Is even, that the I don't scene even where, know if I remember that Oh, that's the that scene where he all. finds the he finds the evidence the evidence about the other yeah, kid. Yeah, that oh, scene was okay, but it's I thought the dude's that- landlord. No, I thought no, it was her, her landlord. It's, it's her, her dad. dad. See that? And that and no, I, but the dude's landlord is that character, the guy who's like, rent's due tomorrow, dude. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's Sorry. the guy. Sorry, yes. Is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you going to go see my dance cycle, dude? Yeah. It's, that's him. Oh, that's Anyways, okay, that, I, oh, I do want to point like, out. the dude's landlord. Yeah, two, two two things, that's what the, confused me. The dude's Sorry, landlord. The two things that I want to point out before we move on is that before, well, they're still at the bar, before he starts making out with her, she does. She is like this young liberal reporter, and she says something about the patriarchy. Yeah. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Dumb. Well, because he's a horn dog. Yeah. And he's Clint Eastwood, so we got to get in a little. Oh, man. I just uh, I watched uh, In the Line of Fire again yesterday, and there was a ton of shit in that movie where he's just like, yeah, I fucking, I'm a fucking old asshole. <laughs> And Rene Russo is like, you're a fucking old asshole, but I'm in love with we you. We got to I do, do it. I yeah. do like that about Eastwood, though, that he like likes playing these kind of like right. characters who, like, whether even though the movies point out how great his characters are, they are like, you are kind of like, this guy's kind of a fucking piece he of shit. He knows he's a dinosaur. You yeah. know, I mean, in, they're not in all, this movie in particular. They're not all William Money, where, like, right. where I think that's part of the whole theme of the thing. Like he was a great sure. man, but the great thing he the thing he was great at is actually very bad. Right. Yeah. But most of the movies, these movies are like the thing he was great at is very good. Also, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and a rapscallion a little. And this this one it's like a major problem because this movie about like him trying to stop a black man, an innocent black man from being executed by the state is really just a movie about how he learns to be a better dude. At 69. <laughs> yeah. God. And, and I can't stress enough. It just kept bothering me. Though. And it bothering me. It was funny. But like that, like, he's clearly not supposed to be that old. He, right. Like the only looks... time it's pointed out is in the beginning where she goes, you're a little old for me. Yeah. And that could mean a, a much younger actor playing him. And still she, and she go, oh, you're a little too old for yeah, me. Yeah, a 40 year old right. actor. Exactly. Right. Except She's you're like, 23. You're like, he right. is way too old for anybody. <laughs> He's too old for a 50-year-old. And if, and if the movie pointed that out, 
I think it would be no, better. The movie does not acknowledge it. But the movie whatsoever. doesn't acknowledge it at all, and, and so that's it's funny. why and that's why I like this movie the most. But I think it's so but, weird. But I would I it would be a I think the movie would be better. The movie would right, actually sure. be better if it pointed out like this guy is like like if the Dennis Leary character was like you know, the only thing that bothers me the most is that you're very old, right. and you and my wife is still fucking you. He's like, I'm just great, or whatever. You know, it'd be like it'd be a funny character thing. Like this old man gets it, <laughs> and like somehow, like I don't know, but like the fact that the movie doesn't point that's it out at all is very weird. It's about a, essentially a middle aged man coming to terms with his bird dogging and, and alcoholism, being a, alcoholism, and all that. It's not a he's, elderly he's, man. Coming he's to off terms the wagon for like most of it, and day. nobody calls him elderly or anything. This like movie, that. by the way, takes place within a twenty four hours right. period, and it and, and it feels at times like maybe maybe, maybe it takes a place days. over a week. Boy, oh boy, Clint Eastwood. I, they, uh, that that was pointed out because I, I, you know, it's hard to pay attention to these movies. But at a certain point, because they do say at the beginning during that scene where it's like, this is the guy who's going to execution tomorrow. So I should have known that. But like halfway through the movie, someone goes like, and this execution happens at the end of the day. I was like, yeah. oh, that's right. This is one day. They yeah. get the fuck they out of here. They keep cutting back to the execution being prepared. Right. But it's so leisurely done that you never, that you sh- mm-hmm. it feels like the type of movie you should feel this this sense of right. urgency yes. that's gonna that and, like and this like, guy is going to be executed and so, today and solemnity too but and the only time you feel any urgency is like the very end of the movie and during the speed zoo scene right well we're, okay we're, boy, oh boy, we're, <laughs> we're getting closer though we're getting the, closer. there's a laundry list of stuff I want to talk about before we get to speed zoo right, go on that's like maybe the only thing I want to talk about so go so ahead. like okay <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna try to tackle them all br- as briskly and quickly as I can so not like this movie not like this movie yes okay first <laughs> you you bring you brought up one already which is like their need they keep cutting back to the execution yeah. being prepared and how there's really no sense of, of solemnity or urgency to it. Again, though, that's exactly the kind of shit that Eastwood is focusing on in this movie. Like, he wants to take time and show you, like, the gravity of the situation. He doesn't really do it very well because he intercuts that with, like, all the guards, like, joking about how they how Mary McCormick doesn't come right. back anymore when they miss her hot ass and stuff like that. So that, they, that just keeps getting, like, uh, kind of short-circuited. Yeah. Although the guy who plays the warden is, I think, really good in this. Yeah. Um, Michael McKean not so good at Michael this. McKean as the prison chaplain is a very typically Eastwoodian like shitbag he's yeah. just like he seems like a villain when he first goes in there yeah. and like Sophie we were watching she goes so is it going to turn out he's the killer and I'm like God, I don't think this movie is that kind no. of movie, but I think he's going to be an idiot. The guy that plays the warden is the King of Rohan. Yes. Uh, yes. And the captain of the Titanic. Yes. Yeah, he's great. He doesn't have a name. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think I think he's really good in this, and I like I like those scenes because I like I like when Eastwood does that stuff, whether it's done well or done poor. Um, another thing that derails the urgency uh, in this movie is his pre- his pretense or what's the word I'm looking for his uh, predilection for odd humorous digressions. Yeah, one of them is Speedzo, which we'll get to. <laughs> one of them is, but. The the other one that I really like is the uh, the do you have the item scene where Clint Eastwood is visiting with Isaiah Washington the contempt man and he's with he's he's getting a visit from his family and the 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 man's daughter is like trying to draw pictures and she can't find her green crayon this is all we don't really know what's going on but this is all intercut with guards like searching the parking lot sticking these little mirror things under cars and like looking all over the place and then like something crackles over the radio. <laughs> Yeah, we have found the item, and it's the green crayon. Very weird. It's so it's 
a good port. It's a chunk of the movie, and you're like, what the fuck was any of that about? Is, and these are this is a movie that's over two, two hours. hours. Yeah. Two hours. Two, two, two or something. Another one is um, the the scene where Clint Eastwood comes to James Woods, his editor at the newspaper, and says, like, I don't think this guy did it, and it cuts. Like, James Woods is about to take a bite out of a candy bar. He says that to oh him. It God. cuts to a whole other scene, and yeah. then when it comes, it cuts back, James Woods is like, uh, still not taking a bite of the candy bar. That's it's really so weird. weird. Very weird. Another another that on newspaper Instagram. office scene is the scene where James Woods is upbraiding Clint Eastwood for being a rapscallion, and they're basically talking out loud in front of everybody about how Eastwood is fucking Dennis Leary's wife. <laughs> and he's, and he's like, you're fucking his wife. And he's like, well, fuck you. And James Woods is like, well, how was she? <laughs> he's, he's doing this thing where he's like loudly upbraiding him. And then he'll go. So he'll go like, I can't have any of these fucking sex shenanigans in my office. You piece of shit. You got to stop. Like, what's your pussy you got to stop getting like? all this pussy. And then he'll be like, but what was it like? Seriously, you yeah. man to man. I mean, I don't give a fuck about any of this. James Woods, tell me about the pussy. And, he's, and he's, only, he's only yelling at him, not because of like a pretense of propriety or because he wants to keep scandal out of his office. No. He's like, I don't want Dennis Leary mad at me because you're fucking his wife. But I don't care. But I don't care. You Go are, ahead and you continue your fucking wife. To me. You are practically E.G. Marshall. You're such a great man. <laughs> brought down a New York governor one time. James Woods, by the way, just playing himself. Just playing himself. He's, such, he's a. I got a couple. He's a disgusting, James Woods quotes, a disgusting sleazebag. I don't know if you're supposed to consider him or if you're supposed to like him. And I also point out James Woods is terrible in this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I, th- I think I found it James, James Woods is a terrible human uh, being, as we all well know. But I generally th- think he's good right. in, in movies. Yeah, he was good in uh, General's Daughter. He's good in lots which of is stuff. A t- which is a fucking terrible movie. Right. Yeah. Much much worse. Than much this. more exciting than this. Stuff. I think he's much really more than this, not to its detriment. I guess we should yeah, say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's he's kind of reminds me of um, Judy Davis's performance uh-huh. in uh, the the last movie, where it's just sort of like. Man, maybe if there was a little bit more direction, you could reel this in a little bit. It's really all over the place. Yeah, but Judy Davis is a fun part of that movie. I, I, James Woods is fun to listen. He to He says in this, a few pretty disgusting things. He's pretty, but he and, and I he, think it's all supposed to be in a kind of like boys will be boys. Hey, you know, men sort right. of thing. It's definitely supposed to be that. Uh, yeah. Okay, last humorous digression, and then I'll move on. Is it the guy? Is it's it the pussy of? on toast yeah. guy. <laughs> It's fucking this, banana. This very this, this, this elderly God. homeless black man who is constantly hitting people up outside the newspaper office for for donations, and he keeps telling people that he wants some of that pussy on well, toast. Women, he's, yes, he's he's catcalling women or yelling. He says at he women. wants pussy on toast, but he'll but okay, but he appears multiple times in this movie. Yeah. At the beginning, it's pussy on toast, mm-hmm. but later on, then like, he asks for money on toast from. Then Clint, he asks for though. money on toast. He every eventually he asks for multiple things, and he he always wants them on toast. He wants everything on toast. <laughs> everything on he's toast. A, he's at a, the end, a he Santa shows Claus. up as a Salvation Army Santa, and he's still doing the toast. He, he, he wants, wants charity on charity toast. on toast. Charity on toast. <laughs> I do, however, like when Clint Eastwood gives him five dollars and said, "Promise me you won't spend this on food." Yeah. The, the thing, the thing where, the thing where he says on toast is like one of those things where, I guess Clint Eastwood thought that was funny, and he's like, "This is funny," and it's like, right, not. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's super weird. It's, when, but it's very weird. It's such a weird thing that you're like, I feel. But you, but it ha- and it, like you said it comes back throughout the movie mm-hmm. where this is on toast guy. Why on toast? I mean, why on it toast? It's not even a funny like. I don't think turn it takes. Phrase or I don't something. think it takes a lot to catch Clint's uh, to catch Clint's eye in the humor department. I, I rewatched a bunch of Clint yeah. Eastwood stuff this week. I also watched Pink Cadillac, which is uh, not one that he directed, but is one of his his Buddy Van Horn like comedies. Yeah. The worst Bruce Springsteen song, mm-hmm. which I is always, not in the movie. Easily. I always like to point that. Really, that's funny. They not in the movie. They called it Pink Cadillac and couldn't even get the. Yeah, man, um, it's not jazz. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, he, uh, 
Buddy Van Horn also directed the Deadpool, which is the fifth Dirty Harry movie. He's like a longtime stunt guy. Clint's worked with him a bunch. Both of those movies feature cameo appearances by the young Jim Carrey. Yeah, oh, which yeah, is very yeah. weird because they go to because he plays a like a rock star who gets who who dies of a heroin overdose in in Deadpool and in Pink Cadillac they go to Reno and he's doing his act on stage, like he's wow. doing Jim Carrey shit in the background out of focus. Does he do his Clint Eastwood impression? No, that, that would that would. But be I something. bet Clint has seen it. Oh, for sure. And I was sitting there going like, so that's two Buddy Van Horn Clint Eastwood movies. Who who's who likes like how did he get those jobs? Like, did he have a good agent? Did did Clint just see the kid and go like, kid's funny, put him in the movies? You know, who knows? Anyway, that was that was my last humorous Didn't digression. Didn't one of you tell me that Je- he saw Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber and then was like, I thought that was the funniest movie of the year. <laughs> I have not heard that story. So, someone told that. me that, but that actually seems because because the character. We'll get to that, but the character that did cross my mind because the character that Jeff Daniels plays in Bloodwork for most of the movie it has reminded diarrhea. me. Reminded me of yes, Dumb and Dumber. Yes, he yes, diarrhea. <laughs> he's shitting into a toilet <laughs> most of the movie. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He's like got he's got like a little toilet like strapped to his ass while they're walking around just shitting into it. <laughs> Again, better movie. I uh, know, but but he did the character that he's playing in that reminded me the most of his character from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, there's true. even a part where they're driving, and I was like. This is almost like Dumb and Dumber, except he's, that like Clint Eastwood's in it instead of Jim Carrey. He's sort of in the same mode. He has the same like facial yeah. mannerisms and stuff. So you might be right. That might be true. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So next thing I wanted to bring up is the best part of this movie, in my opinion, aside from Speed. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, and that's Isaiah Washington's performance as the condemned man and the scenes with him and his family, which I think are really, really good and have the only real gravity that the movie manages to accumulate they're affecting because the their performances are good and they're yeah. good scenes it's just that then they, it's like that kind of thing where you're like different movie yeah you know exactly like, like yeah. what do you yeah, absolutely like when it, cut, when it cuts to that you're like okay well now i have to like now i'm now i gotta I'm, buckle down and did, it's not did not yeah. fit into the movie at all my least favorite part of this whole movie because it was kind of similar to that part uh, when, when i was talking about um uh, in eight millimeter, right, that lady's right. performance where uh-huh. you're like, "What the this fuck is, is this?" This deserves doing a better movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put this in an actual movie. Yeah, I agree. And so, like, th- because it didn't fit, and they were there was just, there's like three chunks of them, mm-hmm. and they're long. I would just like really tune out. Yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't blame you. I'm just saying I, I, was, I wanted to single those out as being really good, and, was, and that's yeah. the kind of that's the kind of work that Eastwood can can do. Yeah, you know. Also, uh, we were we were talking earlier. Isaiah Washington canceled. Canceled. James Woods canceled. canceled. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood somehow not canceled. Rescue me, canceled. Rescue me, canceled. That's right. <laughs> Sex, drugs, rock and roll, canceled. The job, canceled. Absolutely. All Dennis Leary show. Well, Rescue Me went for like eight fucking. Yeah, seasons. it did fine. I don't know that. Did Rescue Me get canceled? Or did they just? I think were they, they just like, decided. Like, no, like, we can't do this we, anymore. We, we, we're tired of buying Dennis Leary new leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Another show where like, uh, and Dennis Leary was but younger in that. But that mm-hmm. is that is a show where like. Every, every time, woman every had time, to fuck yeah, him. Every time a new female character showed up in that show, at least like three or four seasons I watched, uh-huh. it was oh, like, no, it kept you'd, going. Be, you'd be like, uh, I'd roll my eyes at a certain point when a new female character showed up because you're like, oh, great. Well, how long is it going to be before he fucks this? The only the only women he didn't fuck in the show were like the, his daughters. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's for the best. <laughs> but yes, I don't know. I didn't me. watch all seven seasons, so he there might have been a scene no, where he, never he did, did that. that. Controversial incest subplot of <laughs> Rescue Me. I wouldn't put it past Rescue Me to put... It was a, uh, it was a button pushy show. I never watched it. The the I, I stopped watching when he started seeing Jesus and talking to that Jesus was rough. and shit. Because right. he sees dead people the whole time anyway. The thing, the thing that, his, that his PTSD triggered was that he had to fuck anything that moved 
<laughs> and like the first season is like he's he's already seeing the ghosts of dead people, and then his and then his little boy gets hit by a car. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, and that just makes him fuck more women. It's guy a, tra- almost, it's a guy almost gets laid as much as Pete Holmes. It's a tragedy crashing. parade on that. Yeah, on it was that, on that show. A bit a bit of a tragedy but a de- porn de- show, but a decent show for a time. For a little while, yeah. For a little while, a couple seasons. But it I is it, it is like laughable. It is it is a similarly laughable thing. Not quite as much as this movie, but it's a similar type of thing where you're like, every woman wants to fuck Dennis Leary. Yeah. At least, okay. at least he's a. Fi- I do believe firemen get up late a lot. At least traditionally, traditionally, <laughs> as a tradition. Any firemen listening? Any fire uh, people listening to this? Uh, do fire? Do do female firefighters get as much if, dick as? I, if I there's would, any female firefighters listening to this? Do you get laid a lot too? Yeah. Like, uh, let if us there's know. any firefighters at all listening to this, would you let us know how much you get laid? How much you get laid? Yeah. And thank you for your sacrifice for the country. And th- yeah, yeah, thank thanks. you. We like you more than the cops. Right <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Even though we have, I'm, I, I know we have several police officer listeners. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're good ones, I hope. Well, they're we'll also, about- they're bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, so what are so what are we what are we talking about? What, so, mo- what movie are we talking about? Speed I Zoo. believe it's called Speed Zoo. because oh, that's what did, I want to talk about did right they now. Finally, get, get to the Speed, Zoo? Speed Zoo, baby. Okay, so we can talk about the subplot of the movie that I cared even that that, that I really tuned out on. But I know that Matt thought was like one of the was the Diane Venora his whole thing with Diane Venora. Yeah, that, those scenes those scenes I tuned out so hard on. Like the the stuff with Isaiah Washington, I at least like enjoyed those scenes. But the scenes with Clint and Diane Venora, who's his wife, who he's like cheating on with multiple women, probably, mm-hmm. and they're like, and their their daughter, who is way, way younger, who's way too young for either of them, honestly, to have a daughter this young. <laughs> She's <laughs> probably in her early forties, right? But it just seems like they they would have hundreds. a daughter who is anyway, whatever. But uh, even like Sean Connery's daughter in Just Cause is Scarjo like, is like a Scarjo is like eleven at least. Yeah, right. and you're this like girl oh, is you're four. like oh, okay, I buy that. And and yeah, it's like it's fucking yeah. crazy. But uh, but like that whole that whole subplot was like oh man, because because then it's supposed to be. I mean, like you pointed out that it's like a parallel with mm-hmm. the yeah. It, but it's so but it's just so labored. I felt I don't know. I felt like oh god, who cares about this guy well, and his I mean, family life? And you're like, but that's what the movie's about. You're like, all right, that sucks. Right, and that's <laughs> that's a big like that's what I that's what I said before. Where like the the real problem with this movie despite its myriad like yeah. uh, cosmetic flaws is that it's the story of this guy's redemption yeah in for no fucking reason right <laughs> and the movie is con- because it's clint eastwood or whatever the movie is con- even though you're supposed to on the surface kind of go like "Ooh, that's bad or whatever the movie the whole way through is like isn't this guy great right yeah i mean i guess he's it's a, gotta stop but he's fun we like him so yeah. we, we only have to bring up i have to bring up his relationship with because it is like a, it is like a big subplot in the movie but also to set up the only to set up the speed zoo right. you have to talk about how he's how he's like a bad dad kind yeah. of he's not there all the time and she's the calling worst. him going like you're supposed to take your daughter out to the zoo and you promised and he's like I'm trying, oh, no, to, but I'm I'm trying get, to free a man from I've death row this guy i gotta do this thing okay well he's not gonna be executed till like five so i've I got like an hour i could take her to the zoo <laughs> or right. in the or in the terms of this movie i've got seven or eight days he, he fucks <laughs> he fucks that up because he goes to the crime scene where right. it happened he's figuring out that the crime could yeah. that he couldn't have done it I mean you know blah blah, blah. The, the the ostensibly the exciting parts of the movie which are also kind of pretty boring yeah. But like then, then he picks, then he go. He finally picks up his daughter. He has, he has almost no time before he's got to go to the the prison to uh, mm-hmm. interview, do a profile on this guy. He's supposed to be doing like a a personality side piece on this guy, and not yeah. do, and not doing 
uh, expose the, about how he the, didn't do it. The, yeah, exactly. The other thing he's not supposed to be doing is relitigating the case. But he's supposed to have picked his daughter <laughs> up like two hours earlier. Yeah. There's so he, also, I just want to put this out here. There's a really quick James Woods line that sums up the entirety of the movie. Okay. So to, to, so we can just get to Speed Zoo. Okay. But this is what he's yelling at him like later on, the whole loose cannon speech or whatever. He's like, after a police investigation, a trial, what, six years of appeals? You found discrepancies? How long did it take you? Half an hour? Okay. okay. So <laughs> same thing happens in the fugitive. That's the movie. Since we're on before, I, and again, I, we're gonna get to Speed Zoo, everyone. But before we get to Speed Zoo, can we just can we wrap up the movie real quick and then talk about Speed Zoo? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, because I just feel like I feel like I don't want to talk about the, what happens at the end of the movie after we. I'd, I'd rather end on Speed Zoo. Okay, go on an high note. So yeah. I'll, I'll take care of that for you. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, they. Well, for, first he he figures out that the guy that Isaiah Washington couldn't have done it. Yeah. Then very fast he he like he goes and talks to like Francis Fisher the DA who who she was married to Clint for a while so she's in a lot of his oh. movies and uh, and she's like you know fuck you we that's, we got the right guy oh, there's she's no like other the brothel evidence. owner in Unforgiven right uh huh yeah. yeah um so he basically figures out that there was another there was another witness. That uh, that was there not, on the scene. Uh, Michael Jeter, not Michael Jeter. Yeah, he like, Sesame Street. He, he interviews Michael Jeter, who he thinks, who, who claims that he saw like I, like Isaiah Washington Derek, with the gun. Derek, what is that? That's Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. What's it? What is his name? Mike? Is it Michael Jeter? Michael Jeter. Yeah. yeah. Michael okay. Jeter, yeah. Derek Jeter is the baseball player. Right. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. So both he, of them. He interviews. Really? Uh, no. <laughs> Just Michael Jeter. He interviews Michael Jeter. Michael Jeter couldn't have seen what he said he saw. There's only one other witness, and he finally figures out that it was this other black kid. So to track him down, he goes and finds the kid's mom, talks to the mother. And the mother... Grandma. Grandma, you're right. And she quite rightly is like, you know, nobody cares about my son except that they think he's a fucking thug. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but lo and behold, he, he is a thug. Yeah, he he got he is a thug. He, he got is the, killed. He is the one that killed him. In the yeah. intervening six years, it's he's a total been, He's dog. been killed by probably in probably some kind of drug thing. Yeah, the movie, is, impl- no, the it, movie it, implies absolutely does. It total it's total dog whistle shit. It's yeah. a Clint Eastwood movie, so of course the one black guy is innocent, but another black but, guy. But did. he was killed. Yeah, the, the the crime was perpetrated by another bad black kid. And she yells at the other black kids in the neighborhood to leave that man's car alone. Yeah, and they all go like, oh, okay. Man. And and oh, by the way, the 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 actual clincher bit of evidence that proves to not only Clint Eastwood but the audience that he's that his theory is correct. I love this. He goes to the crime scene the first time, and he has this elaborate thing where he like basically restages the crime for himself, and he he notices that Michael Jeter couldn't have seen the gun because of, there was a thing of potato chips of potato that's chips. still there after six years. Who knows? Yeah. No, they, 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 but they the, he had moved it. Right, and so he's like, "What was here? Oh, they moved it over there. Hey, he couldn't have seen that because it would be in the way." It's an incredibly astute observation for a 69-year-old man. <laughs> but what he fails to notice <laughs> is the six, first six, time. By the way, he's 69, going on like 200, <laughs> and, and all that too. blood is out of his head because he's got a boner the whole time. <laughs> like amazing. But what he fails to notice the first time he talks to the grandmother <laughs> is that she's wearing the necklace that the killer took from the dead woman. And gave to his grandma. Yeah, he doesn't see that until much later. But then he does notice that he, re- he exactly. remembers it in a in a booze fueled stupor. He finally remembers so he that drunkenly drives. Back and then he place. and the grandma <laughs> drunkenly he's drunk, <laughs> hammered, 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 hammered drunk. And she and he, she and she's like just gone like oh no he did do it he was a good boy I'm but sometimes he turn was on bad. Him now, and, yes. and, and it's she's very, in her bathroom. Deep, it's deeply stupid and racist. <laughs> So then they have to drive at top speed all the way to the prison and stop the execution at the last fucking second. Yeah, the cops are after him. They're They've already, already they're, injected him with like, the sedative. And she's like, step on it, drunk man. 
It Step is, on it, drunk 70-year-old. As, as many people have remarked when talking about this movie, it is right out of the stupid ending, the fake movie, and the player. <laughs> right. Well, uh, but exactly in, the, the in the player, uh, the whole point of the whole joke of that is that like it was originally supposed to be this drama that was right. written exactly. where, the, where the, that doesn't happen. But this movie... I can't believe was ever written a different way. Like this, was, this was sub- what's supposed to happen. Right. So Clint Eastwood saw the player and was like, "That's a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> idea. That's a pretty good movie." And so was awesome. like, "Somebody already wrote a book like that." But uh, let's get the rights to that. I'm going to make that movie. Jesus. Yeah, it is. It is very much like that. Uh, it's not quite as dumb. It's not like Bruce Willis like shooting glass and then like carrying right. Isaiah Washington out of the chamber. They are no. giving him lethal injection in a gas chamber, which is an interesting twofer. That's which, real. Yeah. And they, uh, well, they, they do talk about how they yeah. just converted it over. Yeah, they don't yeah. do yep. gas anymore. But now. they still lock the gas chamber as if like <laughs> yeah. the stuff they're pumping into his veins is going to get yeah, out. Yeah, it's very weird. So before we finally move on to Speed Zoo, mm-hmm. just one last thing. That but, I find. So, so, so anyway, the guy the guy makes it. Yeah, yeah. They cut away very similarly to the end of Absolute Power. They cut away at the height of the, at the height of the drama. There's like these three chambers of poison that they put into him. One chamber's already gone in. That's and just then the sedative. second chambers. Yeah, and then the second chamber's just about to go when the governor finally calls. They shut it down. And the, but the, you're still not sure. Right. There's this really really long shot of the wife like pounding on the gas chamber, yeah. and, and then the it warden, pans up. The warden the whole time is presented as this guy who like. Him and I think the, the guard man. who's taking care of him, yeah. they both kind of like some of the other guards joke. But these two, there's these two characters that are kind of like they've you see feel like they don't they don't think he did it, and yeah. they like and or they, even if he even if, they like him. even if they do, they think that he you know like they like they him. don't want to do this. The warden kind of seems like maybe he's against capital punishment. That's what I wanted to talk also, about. Also, there's a great protest shot, which I think you posted up. On, oh, yeah. Of I like, of like it's like one of those classic scenes <laughs> from, people, from these movies. They're all in one crowd, and some people are yeah. like pro-death penalty, <laughs> and some people are against death penalty. Yeah, yeah some people have uh, abortions for some and tiny American flags for others. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's two signs right next to each other. Remove execution from the dictionary, which is like, I don't okay. know, a pretty indirect solution to and the problem. And that guy's smiling, if I'm not mistaken. They're both smiling. Okay. And then there's and they're a, both, very they're both old men. men. <laughs> there's another, his buddy next to him says, juice the murderer but it was written by possibly one of the producer's children or something so it's like wait the m-u-d is really big and then they try to fit in the (laughs) other letters in Uh, humans have rights one of them is just reform california does not need lethal injection uh is a murderer (laughs) these are all these are and they're all but they're all they're all together I Amy just, was killed for ninety six dollars. That's a sign. I don't. I don't need movies to to take a position or be didactic. But I hate it when these movies about that they revolve around capital punishment. Don't just you know suggest even have somebody suggest at some point that maybe the state shouldn't have the power to execute. Well, people. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's like what like Dead Man Walking is about. Sure, like that. I mean, that movie is like, clearly Tim Robbins is very liberal and he's against the death penalty. But I think it. It's like that's the argument that movie's making is this guy did this guy did a fucking this guy did a terrible thing right. and he isn't remorseful right. about it and then when he kind of is you're still I think at the end of the movie you're gonna go and like maybe I mean maybe we shouldn't execute people right. even if they kind of but are Eastwood the Eastwood working. doesn't do that he, he doesn't Eastwood doesn't get, Eastwood, he, Eastwood does that <laughs> classic conservative shit where he's like look uh, I'm not political right you know? right Bullshit. he might be I mean Dead Man Walking is about a guy who did do it sure. that's the sort of shit that wouldn't yeah, surprise yeah. me about yeah. him where like I'm a, a staunch conservative m- member of the Republican Party so I don't believe in the death penalty you're like you gotta look up the charter of this party buddy yeah maybe yeah. I don't uh, think I, the, I don't them, think so I don't think so I don't think because like Dead Man Walking is a movie about a guy who did a horrible right. thing that did it. Yes. And 
And then by the end of the movie, you're kind of like, maybe we shouldn't murder this guy. Right. And then this movie is about a guy who didn't do it. But like, what if the movie ended? What if you found out he did do it? The movie might be like, well, let's kill him. Every, right. Everybody, you one know? of those, every one of those people needs like, a 69 year old uh, poontang but, hound. But, but because reporter. he didn't do it, you're like, well, g- well, good. Right. We don't want him to die. Then that's yeah. what the I think that's the position the movie's right, taking. Exactly. If I, he did, I, if I he did like, do it, I would like a better a better discussion yeah. of the issue. If he did yeah. do it, he, we should kill him. Yeah. If he didn't do it, definitely not. Yeah, especially but stop may, at the last minute. But maybe we should still kill him. At least it's not the chamber where like just the whole movie oh. is like he did do it, and you don't like him, and he does get killed at the end. So right. Well. Right. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that's a movie. So that's so, the end of the movie. Well, so he makes it, but like they they tease you because because you don't see him. Same. Yeah. yeah same and thing. Then Clint Eastwood is in, and then Clint Eastwood has an extended uh, scene with Lucy Liu. That's yeah. right. It's Lucy Liu. <laughs> Lucy Liu, who also is is not uh, unsusceptible to his charms. Right. Yeah. And she's like, what do you she, think? What do you think? And she, oh, she, like, she's the like, to- she works at a toy she store. Works at a toy store. Knows everything about him. Mm-hmm. Knows yeah. his name. Weird. Everybody- and then also is like, don't you have a book deal? And also, aren't you? Didn't you get a Congressional Medal of Honor or whatever the fuck? Boy, that bouncer sure knew a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a lot of information. <laughs> Lucy Liu as Chris Farley in Wind's World. <laughs> but like, she, but she, but he, it's like a whole like he's like, how about we go out sometime? No, I don't think so. Well, uh, I have know, a boyfriend. That's have the a boyfriend. only reason why. Uh, okay. Well. Okay. Can I have some of that pussy on toast anyway? <laughs> oh, you. And speaking <laughs> you of pussy wonderful. on toast, that's the scene where the pussy on toast guy is back as the as Santa the charity on Santa. toast. Yeah. Yeah. So Clint Eastwood leaves the toy store having bought probably a shitty present The pussy for his on toast Santa guy knows Clint Eastwood's whole story, too. Yeah. It's like, didn't you just sell a book? Don't you have a bunch of money because of the contract that you got with this publisher? They, everybody, he's one of those guys that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But then Clint Eastwood leaves the toy store, and he's kind of looking around, standing outside, and then he sees... Uh, Oh, it's Isaiah Washington and his family coming out of a store next door, and they kind of lock eyes and go point at each other or yeah. whatever, and then yeah. it's like, Horseshit. oh, he did, we did it. He did. He didn't die because the movie teases ending. you thinking maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Even and, though, yeah. and then, even though, like, if the movie did kill this guy, you'd be like, well, nobody would like that. Ending. Yeah. So you know, the whole movie, the thriller of it, the the thing is supposed to be, is he gonna get him? And you go, and the, you're like, well, no, if he doesn't then this movie sucks and nobody <laughs> likes it. You know what I mean? Like, if he doesn't get this guy off, right. it's totally death pointless. Row. Like, it's totally pointless. Yeah. It's and not even to like... add insult to injury, they like they like both acknowledge each other and then Clint Eastwood smiles and then he puts a cigarette up to his lips and then he throws it away. Like, also, I'm quitting smoking. Or something. Well, because the there's, a, there's a long running, there's a running Fuck. gag throughout the whole thing where he keeps lighting up in the office and they're like, the new the new boss, Dennis Leary, you know, he you know he doesn't like, he he's, said in all these new rules, he doesn't like you smoking. He's pretty mad at you right there's now. That, there's that other, that other lady who works in the uh, at the newspaper who keeps yeah. like basically tolerating his bullshit but pointing it out. It's very, ah! it's very Clint Eastwood like oh, oh, fucking real, smug oh, shit. Totally. Where, where like he'll say some he'll say some sexual thing to her and she'll go mm, sexual harassment and then they'll have a little giggle about it. She's like the trends reporter and so he'll be like, hey, why don't you, hey Jiggles, why don't you go fetch me a cup yeah. of coffee? And don't, she's like, don't you, don't you like know it. the current trend in America is that the sexual harassment is bad. There is a fun, but she, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> she does have a funny line though where he's like how's it how's that trends reporting and she's like uh she's like i don't know was i insane before i took it over <laughs> or something <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of funny okay so okay so now we've come to, the, to now we're gonna talk about the actual movie which is speed, speed zoo. zoo okay i just wanted to get the movie out of the way so he's only got a little bit of time to take his daughter to the zoo he's late picking promised. her up he's got a little tiny bit of time to take her to the to about, take her to about the zoo 15 or 20 minutes maybe and he's got it and it's this little girl and like he puts her four years old he puts her in the stroller well, he's, Still in a so stroller. he's at the zoo and he's like, "We're gonna, 
we're going to go to the zoo. She really wants to see the hippopotamus. She wants to see the hippopotamus. <laughs> He's like, we're going to play a game. Called, called Speed Zoo. She's like, Daddy, I don't need the stroller. I'm too big for you. He's like, we're going to play a fun game called Speed Zoo. Which yeah. involves him just pushing her really fast <laughs> in the stroller through we've the built, zoo. We've built this up so much. Our, descri- I don't, our description of you it gotta can't... You got to see it. Our description of it can't... Po- I don't recommend watching this movie. I think it's bad. I do recommend watching the Speed I'm gonna, Zoo I'm going to post it which, on Instagram which, and stuff. Yeah, we'll post it up, but it may also be on YouTube. I'm going to look and see if it's on YouTube. But anyway, so it doesn't matter. Going, so they're going... He's pushing her really fast, so they're like, and here's the uh, here's the flamingos. But he's, so he's, we go fast. So he's, so he's, so he's pushing zoo. her. He's running with his daughter in the stroller. It is, it is 100% on YouTube. And yes. he's, he's pushing her as fast as he can as fast as a 90 year old there's man this can. really dorky music playing this is like, really <laughs> weird music playing it's, it's fucking bananas it's like a it's like a comedy scene yeah and he's pushing absolutely her and he's going she's saying we go fast and he's going we go fast there's these really zoo. weird rhythms to the things that they say where he keeps on going we go fast and she'll go flamingos speed zoo and she'll speed but sometimes zoo. she'll go speed zoo we go fast we go speed fast zoo. and he's running he's pushing this little the girl. monkeys yeah. speed zoo until so they Speed spin zoom. out and she goes flying <laughs> and fucks her face up something yeah. fierce I know later when you see her she's got all these cuts she on has, her face she has two like, bandages and then also cuts all over the other she, she has like three her. band-aids on her face he fucks it's her great. right yeah, up because then he like crashes and she falls out of there and she's and that little kid is screaming yep. she is hurt I think this little girl is, is seriously is, is bad I don't want to throw you know child actors under the bus because generally like you get what you get you right. get you you got you paid for this kid and this you, you knew what they did but she's really good at like acting hurt because she is screaming she and might have other hurt. people in the zoo are like oh my god that her, her great-grandfather was pushing her very quickly on this stroller and then he dumped I her. mean we didn't have a lot of time Clint didn't have a lot of time to take the character didn't have time to take her to the zoo <laughs> Clint didn't have a lot of time to shoot the scene oh it looks awful <laughs> so I mean nobody might have conceived this whole scene what, I'm, this, what I'm saying is maybe he pushed her out of that stroller and that's how you get a performance sometimes but I'll tell you what <laughs> it's like the little it's like the little girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood she's like I'm wearing knee pads it's like <laughs> it's like oh it's like Kubrick yelling at Shelley Duvall right, oh, yeah, the only exactly. way to get a performance out of this so little girl is if I out of her. actually throw her on her face at the zoo yeah but don't worry they only did one take yeah <laughs> that's all Clint Eastwood does. But, but you the don't scene, have to do it again. The scene, is, the scene is very. It's like it's a very, child protective services the scene is representative pretty, there, and they're like, "What's that over there?" And she looks, and then they push the kid out of the stroller <laughs> while the cameras are. The, the Whoa, scene is accident. quick. It's it's poorly it's shot, like a minute long. It's poorly so, shot and edited. So like, weird. Though. You see some of the animals, but barely. It does feel like I guess it's supposed to uh, replicate how it feels to be that little girl, mm-hmm. which is that you're not getting the experience of the zoo at all. But she's having a great time playing speed zoo until she gets dumped on her face <laughs> and everybody around is very concerned oh my god this is this is awful by the way this movie this is like one of the only scenes that has any kind of urgency in this movie where he's trying to get a guy off a death row yeah. it takes place over one day this is one of the only scenes that feels like yeah i've got to rush you through the zoo so i can get back to my lazily solving the case of did this guy do it or not <laughs> But it incredibly zoo. happens in one day. And they keep saying, Speed Zoo, we go fast. We go fast. Speed we go zoo. fast. Speed Zoo. It's, Monkeys. it's one of the weirdest scenes. Flamingos. Anyway, they don't get to the hippos. Later on, there's a scene where he comes and reads her a story or whatever, sees well, the, her before the toy, she goes to the bed. The toy that he buys from Lucy Liu is a hippopotamus, too. Right, yeah. but, but but before that, he's like goes to visit her before she while well, she's going to bed and tucking her in or whatever, and she's she like, looks like the I fucking wanna, invisible man. I do she's wanna, she's like, like happy. She's like, it's fine, Daddy. <laughs> I want to see the hippos sometimes. You know what? We never get to see them dang hippos. She looks like fucking Aaron Eckhart in the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't the fucking movie end? Rachel! Couldn't the fucking Things are worse than ever. Couldn't the movie end? Things are worse than ever. Couldn't the movie end at the zoo 
And like he's at the zoo. Lucy Liu is like some some zookeeper that knows him there. It's his girlfriend. Sure, whatever. Who fucking cares? She can be in it still being like, oh, I'm explaining all this stuff to you. They're looking at the hippos. So the little girl gets to see the fucking hippos. Then he turns around and Isaiah Washington and his family are at the zoo. Same ending. It just is at the zoo and we get to see some dang hippos because she keeps talking about she wants to see the hippos. We never get to see, see the hippos. I want to see those hippos on toast. I want to see the hippos, hippos on, on toast. toast, baby. I want to see the hippos on toast. That guy could be in the scene, too, going, hippos on toast. It works perfectly. <laughs> Asking the little a girl for pussy Much on better toast. ending than where Clint Eastwood is in some mall. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That, does, that has nothing to do with the thing. Yeah. If they'd done a second draft of the script, they put, they would have probably gone like, hey, maybe we should have it take place at the zoo, and then the little girl gets to see hippos. Well, it was worth getting my face scarred for life to uh, to finally see some hippos, Daddy. Because yeah. he also says, like, next time next time we go, we'll do real slow zoo. It's also going to fuck up your face. I'm just a terrible father. Some, somehow you'll also be injured. <laughs> You're going to lose a leg. And then I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> God. And Diane, there's, won't, there's a, won't stop me from fucking, though. I'll and then there's, a whole, there's also a whole scene where Diane Venora, like, like leaves him because she finds out he's cheating on her right. or something. And, and then it didn't, yeah. do, it didn't do anything. Goes yeah, on, you got goes on for an hour. Uh, <laughs> here's a here's a line. This is speed, Jimmy Woods. Speed, can't uh, can't stress enough how weird, weirdly antic and shitty and sleazy Jimmy Woods is. And I don't know how much you're supposed to. But but here's how much you're supposed to be bothered by it. Probably not at all. <laughs> um, but this is this is like a scene where it's the it's Leary, James Woods, and Clint Eastwood, and Leary just keeps going, going like, why do we have this fucking scumbag working here? I'm, he's also fucking my wife. This is a shitty deal. And Jimmy Woods keeps on going, shut up, <laughs> shut up, Dennis Leary. And then at one point, Dennis Leary goes like, this is an intolerable environment I'm working in. James Wood goes, Intoler- intolerable environment? What are you, like some fucking feminist? Are you a coos? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> are you a coos? A coos. Yeah. That's got to be Jimmy Wood's ad lib right there. Jimmy Wood's is 100% says coos. Oh, yeah. He just showed up and played himself. <laughs> then then there's a part... Uh, this is a very strange part where uh, Isaiah Washington is with his family and and his daughter finally. I think it feels like they they're not really telling her the gravity of the situation. Oh, and she is this the part where the little girl is being taken away and she's like, "Why don't you just kill them That's all?" That's right. Why can't you just kill all these people and come home? And you're like, "What? Wow, Jesus!" Yeah, it's very strange. Yeesh. Okay, that's good enough. Oh, and here's just uh, while we're at it, just another James Woods line. <laughs> If you can't keep your goddamn brick in your pants, then I can't goddamn protect you. How was she? Yeah. By the way, keep your goddamn prick in your pants, everybody. <laughs> Ratings. I'm also going to give this two and a half Juds. Uh, I, I like the stuff like we talk about with the family. Um, I really like the scene with, the, with the, the dead reporter's dad, too. So that stuff I always like. Um, and the rest of it is so fucking weird mm. that it's I find this like a, a very interesting curiosity. Um, a very misguided one, but interesting nonetheless. <laughs> but still not good. No, I would never. I would never call this good. But it's really fucking interesting for me. Anyway, uh, also two and a half Douglases, just because it's fucking creepy. We forgot to talk about the, the scene where he's canoodling with Dennis Leary's wife, and her legs are spread like most of oh, the time, yeah. so you get a shot of her crotch. Mm. I mean, she's got underwear on, but it's still pretty like Jesus. Yeah, he's yeah. The the the, the whole the whole sle- the sleaze factor here is entirely on Clint and his uh, his well, relentless and, pursuit. And the opening scene of him like uh, almost getting with the young girl who yeah. then immediately dies in Dead Man's Curve uh-huh. on a, in a car accident, which they bring up several times. Yeah, well, we gotta, they we have to go. They go around Dead Man's Curve at so the end dumb. of the movie on their race to, to escape, the prison. To escape Ap- the car. Well, they go to the governor. They go to the governor's house and 
to it's, or yeah, they, it's they, the governor's they, house. But yeah. anyway, it's almost it, impossible not to die on this piece of and legal road. He escapes the cops that way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but um oh, but he's gonna sleep with that girl who dies in the car accident. But then it cuts to the next day, and he just instead went and fucked Dennis, Dennis Leary's, Leary's wife. wife. Yeah. <laughs> He's got so many options. The, the book, the book, who had sex with Dennis Leary's wife? <laughs> Dennis Leary is very short. That was written by Ray Liotta too. It is definite answer to that question. Who had sex with it Dennis Leary's Clint wife? With Clint Eastwood. Did Clint, Clint Eastwood. Did Clint fuck Ray Liotta's wife? Clint Eastwood too? did. The rest of this book is just Almost porn. Certainly. The rest of this book is just old porn photos <laughs> that I found. Of old people that I found at my grandpa's house. Jeez. What of old people? It's old people. No, it's old, old porn. Yeah. There's also at least old two. There's Bjorn? also at least two Torno. scenes in this movie where Clint. Eastwood is out and about doing his investigation, and there'll be a hot young lady, and he'll like lower his sunglasses at him, and they'll turn around and go, mm, yeah. "Who's this sixty-nine-year-old fucking this man?" This is a thing. This is a thing that happens constantly in the latter Roger Moore era yes. of James Bond movies, where this like this very leathery old man yeah. is like at a resort in India or something, and like every babe in the yeah. in the place is just like, "Who is nineteen-year-old girl?" I love it. Jaws I love it. Oh, I, I love it when it's Roger Moore. I think it's fucking hilarious. He's like a he's like a a well-basted turkey. <laughs> I mean, it's like, but, but it's been over. It's overcooked. This turkey has been well-basted, so it's like nice. It's dry on the inside. It's nicely tanned, but it is. It's it's a little dry on the outside mm. too. It's crispy. Who's that man? The meat is falling off the bones, baby. <laughs> and he cuts it. Crispy cut, skin. Cut it. Cut it. And it just goes. Yeah, ooh. It's like a souffle. <laughs> I like it overdone. All right, I'm upping this from two and a half to three Douglases now. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, and finally, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 orders of pussy on toast. <laughs> he got to. God. He might say that ten, at least 10 times. I mean, he says it over and over again. We got to finish shooting. I got to get to Denny's and get the order of pussy on toast. It's, 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 right <laughs> next, it's the same as a picture right underneath Moons Over My Hammy is pussy on <laughs> toast. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm also gonna give it two and a half Juds. I mean, it's technically the worst of these three movies. It's yeah. really bad, but it also like it's got all kinds of shit that you're just like, what? It is pretty fascinating. Like my least favorite stuff was this was the probably 40 minutes of the movie that is with Isaiah Washington and his family because it's actual. It's an actual it's like movie, movie, and it's just like just does not. It's like oil and water the, that stuff and the rest of the movie, which is bananas. Um. I'm going to give it two and a half uh, Douglases for just the sleazy Clint fucks all the time factor. There's also this a part. This movie fucks. This movie, Clint Eastwood just never doesn't have a boner in it. But there, there is also another part that we forgot to mention that is very troubling. <laughs> well, this is when he's canoodling with uh, Dennis Leary's wife. That whole scene is just sleazy as hell. And uh, and she's and she just goes like, tell me about, uh, you know, oh, is this about that one time that you got in trouble for fucking some other boss's daughter? Right, right. And he goes, how the hell was I supposed to know she was underage? She looked 18 to me. <laughs> awesome. And she goes, bad man. <laughs> oh, sexual assault. Ooh. <laughs> I love you. Bad man, statutory rape. Ooh, la, la. Ooh, ooh. He pulls out the card from Transformers 4. <laughs> You are dangerous. That's fucking nasty. Oh, oh boy. God. And, uh, oh, oh, shit. I'm going to give it one rack of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good. Uh, I'm going to Judd's. I didn't like this. This one was very tedious for me to get through. Uh, but 
two two for speed zoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two, it gets two stars specific, specifically exclusively for speed exclusively for speed zoo, for mm-hmm. and and for the uh, Clint being way older than he's supposed to be in this. Movie. Fucking crazy. Uh, I'm gonna go. T- I'll go two and a half Douglases because also everything James Wood says is gross. Yep. Gross, yeah. Like even when he's saying just dialogue that isn't uh, actually like pervy, it's like ah, gross. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, something, something not good is coming, out. and also the pussy on toast guy. Mm. And I'm That's giving right. it, I'm gonna give it uh, zero hippos. Yeah, man, that's <laughs> no a hippos. Real, that's a real shame. No hippos in this movie. Not one. <sighs> yeah, we us. really, we really want to see them too. That's the only animal we want to see there. We Speaking of no hippos, the next uh, movie also doesn't have any hippos. <laughs> I'm pretty Christ. sure. It doesn't, but it does have. It does at least have Clint Eastwood playing his age, an age appropriate character, age appropriate character, who so also who also gets it on with with a younger one. Although seventies in this one. Although I think like not, it seems like not like so much younger that you're like. It's, she at least has a you know a child and who's like you know twelve yeah, or something yeah. like that. Well, like it's, well, it's not her child fourth. though. It's right, her, it's her sister's child. child. Yeah, that's so. true. She looks like she could be in her earlier mid forties. At any rate, yeah. it's a it's not important. At any rate, it's an age appropriate <laughs> role for Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's only it's, it's not important, but it is. We do need to bring it up because in the, especially coming off of true yeah. crime, where like this old man shouldn't have been <sighs> with any of these women. Boy, yeah. the movie is blood work. What do you mean? Victims five and six. Code killer strikes again. The Prince, look, Converse, high tops. Agent McCaleb, why does the killer single you out? Why has he focused on you? On the trail of a killer, FBI profiler Terry McCaleb's career ended in a heartbeat. But the past isn't about to let him go. Mr. McCaleb, I was sure you were to retire by now. Looks like your code killer's back. It is a mystery that links the hunter to the hunted. You and me, we're like Cain and Abel, Kennedy and Oswald. As your doctor, I'm ordering you not to do this. You're gambling with your life, Terry. I have no choice. Blood work, based on the Michael Connelly novel. Yep. This one is going to be the one that I liked the most of the three, but it's still bad. Um, and the reason that I liked it the most of the three is I'm going to spoil it. Mm. The reason I hated it the first time was because I was sitting there going like, it's fucking Jeff Daniels. <laughs> it's Jeff Daniels. The killer is Jeff Daniels. And so when they finally get around to dropping that other shoe and the killer is Jeff Daniels, I was like, it's been two fucking hours. But this time, kind of like what I was saying before, I went in expecting the usual Clint, like digressive patient stuff. And I knew who the killer was, so I was just not paying attention to the murder mystery stuff at all. Mm-hmm. I was just sort of watching it for the dumb Clint stuff, and that paid off enough for me to enjoy it. There's oh. a good action scene in the middle that I thought was pretty exciting. It's it's super exciting because it comes out of fucking out of nowhere. Fucking the nowhere. movie has been unbelievably boring for a good yeah. 40 minutes, and then and then an old man's running around with a shotgun <laughs> in the like middle of the street. Shooting up like, the place. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That was pretty cool, um, and, uh, and and I thought that because I knew Jeff Daniels was the killer, I could actually watch his performance. Oh man, which is just terrible. 
He's but it's so fun. bad in this. Yes, but it's fun to watch because he's just like, he might as well be wearing a fucking shirt that says, I'm the killer in disguise. Because <laughs> he, like, he's constantly like talking about the case and like making little, make a little in-jokes about stuff. Trying to find out about Clint and his, and his right. thought process, and the, almost like he's a killer that's obsessed with him. The movie keeps dropping these fake like red herring hints. Like there's a, a key piece of evidence is this earring that the killer took from the victim. And like you see that Jeff Daniels wears an earring in the other ear and not in the one where he sees who he thinks is the killer with the earring like he he actually realizes that the killer's been following him Mm -hmm. and has the earring and it's like wearing it in the other ear it's just so stupid wow also, when it when you finally do get to the reveal of Jeff Daniels, then he gets to switch over to full on psycho mode, right. and it's pretty fun. <laughs> it's fun, but totally unconvincing. It, no, it's it's bananas. But like he he starts saying all kinds of like fucked up, crazy yeah, killer yeah. stuff, and I it's like th- this very strange like cork gets popped in the movie, and you're like the whole movie has been this very slow with the occasional burst of weird violence, mm-hmm. like this very agonizingly slow paint by numbers sort of procedural thing, and then it's like Jeff. Jeff Daniels being like, yeah, he's, he's pulling a Ray Liotta. <laughs> he's saying like racist shit and stuff. And you're like, yeah. wow, okay. <laughs> it is kind of like uh, Ray Liotta in Turbulence yeah. when he finally flips that switch and he's just like really chewing on it. It's very and it's silly. again like maybe maybe kind of similar to um, uh, Judy Davis and right. then uh, and then James Woods where it's just like another director might have gone like, hey, let's do another take and maybe tone it down. Maybe reel it in a sec. <laughs> like, nope, we're not no. doing another take. This is what it is. Okay, so wild. the beginning of this movie, there's a the there's a, the the code killer has struck again. Yeah, and uh, the code killer, uh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff, right. We yes, we got it. We already. <laughs> no, 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 no. I heard you. I heard okay. you. I just want to. I just want to reiterate that the killer is. But Jeff we Daniels. don't know that at first. No, uh, we don't. He goes. So the ter- what's his name? Terry McWhat. McCaleb. McCaleb. Terry McCaleb. Clint Eastwood. Terry McCaleb. He's an FBI profiler. He's the best. He's the best. He shows up. At the, he shows up at the crime God, scene. I almost, and, uh, I almost stopped watching this right from the first scene because fucking Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez is the, <laughs> is, is the cop on the scene with awful. his partner, who's I can't remember the the actor's name, but he's the the guy. He's Amy's trainer in Congo, right. and he's like the other the guy who's not the sleazy Lothario plastic surgeon on Nip Tuck, and I can't remember the fucking actor's name. Oh it, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. Uh, I I do not want to remember his name. He's right. very bland. He's like a guy like Brecken Meyer. Yeah, you're like, like, why do I remember the this poor guy? Man's Brecken Meyer. <laughs> if you can imagine such a thing. But yeah, Paul, like legendary comedian. And I mean, we're do I don't know if our audience remembers this stuff, but we're all old enough to remember when Paul Rodriguez was like the joke of a of the worst comic ever. Like yeah. people used to say, like this guy's better than Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, you know what I mean. It does point to like what we were talking about about Clint's Clint's like you know that. Clint was like, I think this guy's real funny. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him in Hawaii one time. On a, I saw him on a cruise. Like this is the, he's the, like you know he's a, a, a Latino comic and you if you know he, and he was popular in the eighties so you know he did a lot of like you might be a redneck style jokes about being a Mexican dude. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know Clint thought that shit was funny. Uh, he was like Carlos Mencia yeah. before Carlos Mencia. Right, exactly. Well, I don't know who the new Carlos George Mencia Lopez. Is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although George Lopez, I think, is He's like some funny. subtleties. Oh man, George Lopez plays like the Godfather in the new David Ayer Latino gangbanger oh, movie no. I watched the other day. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. Anyway, uh, makes George he... Lopez look like Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's, uh, but he's awful. He's awful. He's awful in he's, this. Not only is he like his character awful and only says terrible, stupid things, but like he's just bad he's too. Bad at You're it. like, ah, the character shit. is written as just a foil well, also, for yeah, no reason. Because because inexplicably his character hates Clint Eastwood for no reason. I don't like you here, Clinton, and I don't want you to do the, a good thing or, or help anything. Because yeah. Clint Eastwood is like I'm an just, FBI guy, he's an right? FBI and so the, of course, like I guess because movies and Paul movies, is like of, this like, guy the, thinks he's hot shit. Yeah, and fuck but, him. But like local he, cops never like. Uh, Right. FBI guys. He's that kind. Of, he's <laughs> the kind of like police officer in movies who will just be like, "I don't like this guy, so now I'm not going to do what he thinks should be done, yeah. even if it's the right thing." Yeah, it's just like somebody fire this guy. He fucking sucks. So, oh right, you can't get fired if you're a cop. They're mad, yeah. and they're mad at him. He's bad specifically <laughs> because he's like he thinks he's hot shit, but now he's been called into this case, and I hate it. And the reason he's been called onto the case is because upstairs in the crime scene, the killer, the code killer, has written. Call me, Michaelib. Catch Michaela, me, Michaelib. Catch me, and yeah. a series of numbers. Now re- remember, I I just want to point out again that the killer is Jeff Daniels. Right. So you have to imagine Jeff Daniels writing that in blood on the walls. Oh, the solution to this <laughs> to this numbers code too is one of those it's funnier things. Fucking hilarious, <laughs> outrageous. What is it? I honestly like. I, oh, I couldn't oh. tell you what fucking happens in this movie. I ba- I was like barely able to pay attention well, to it. Well, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I mean, I it's extremely. I think boring. I, I think you I, want me to detail it right now. No, just, I, well, I think I technically like this one more than True Crime, mm-hmm. but like. Like I was like, it was like I was too because I was, the the last fifteen minutes is pretty fun. I was tuned out. Well, yeah, because the last fifteen minutes is an action scene, Becomes and there's an movie. action scene in the middle. Yeah, and then there's a chase at the beginning, and then the rest of it is like, wow. Yeah, I, I just ten- I had trouble paying it. The movie the movie doesn't ever grab you and go like you need to pay attention to this scene. It's just like here's another scene. You're like okay, whatever. We already anyway. unveiled that that uh, Jeff Daniels is the killer, so we might as well, well reveal yeah. the, so the, the solution to the this. solution to the to the nine digit code that he's left is. That there's no one. It's all the other digits, but no number one. Oh. And because... So so for the rest of the movie, Jeff Daniels plays Clint Eastwood's neighbor who helps him investigate this crime. And Clint Eastwood has been paying him to, like, chauffeur him around and stuff. And he's been writing him checks. And he realizes that his buddy, whose name is Buddy... That's his nickname. But his real name name is Jasper Noon. Noon. N-O-O-N-E. No one. No one. Right. Oh yeah, and you. I, I put the, that's right. Okay, now I remember. Uh, God damn now, it. Now here's what. Sorry, I, like. I watched this movie yesterday no, 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 too. No. By the way, and I've here's already forgotten about everything this. about it. This is another of a long history that we've confronted in this podcast of killers with incredibly elaborate plans yeah. that could never have been executed or thought of in advance. And yeah. also, also that like where they're like either taunting, they're they're wanting to get caught by cops. Right. You know what I mean? They're like taunting. Either a they, specific police officer or police in general, yeah. right? Like in the in the way that they are like, so you wanted to be caught? Wait, right. what? But none of them are like seven is the only one of this genre where it makes sense because he wants to get caught and then kill. You know right. what I mean? The rest of them, it's like, why would you want to be caught? Well, I'm just messing with you. I'm the bone collector. The funny thing about this is like clearly he has a plan that we never get to see executed because yeah. because of the no one thing that means that he's planning on like siding up to Clint Eastwood. And like insinuating himself into his life until Clint Eastwood can realize that this guy Jasper Noon is the killer, but instead what happens is Clint catches him immediately because they as they're escorting him up to the crime scene they notice that the killer has Chuck Taylor's because the bloody footprints are converse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chuck Taylor, I can't believe you know who and Chuck Paul Taylor is. Actually, has to explain who <laughs> Chuck Taylor is. You need to get a dick transplant. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, wait, he hasn't had the transplant yet, so it's not just wall-to-wall Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez is jokes. literally is just one of those cops from these movies. He's the most cartoonish version of cops who are cynical about mm-hmm. uh, about crime scenes. He's literally just going like, and then this person over here looks like barbecued beef or whatever. Ha, ha, ha. And everybody else is going like, maybe don't be so He's like picking up the corpse and going, what do you have to say about it, Bonesy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel so good. Oh, this one's jaw fell off. <laughs> That's better than Paul Rodriguez. God, I wish that had happened. <laughs> anyway, so they do a bunch of stuff at the crime scene, and then Clint Eastwood is like leaving the house, and he sees a guy in the crowd outside the house with bloody converse on. And he goes, mm-hmm. Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor's. <laughs> and, they, and then a foot chase breaks out. But then Clint Eastwood has a fucking heart attack and yeah. nearly <laughs> drops dead after winging the killer once with a couple of shots. And uh, and the killer the killer gets away. The Clint Eastwood of true crime would be able to do this foot chase while fucking at the same time, and he'd be <laughs> fine. But yeah, at least he's, he's he, a spry he man of forty-five. To, and not yes, he actually gets to play an old man in this. So yeah, he drops from a heart attack, and then we uh, and then the, he he wings the the other guy. And he yeah. gets away. Yeah, and then we cut two years to later. two years later. He's gotten a baboon heart. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's gotten a heart transplant. He's gotten a, He's from, got a heart oh, transplant. No, that's from right. Angelica Houston. This is part of the or Angelica Houston's doctor. doctor. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know that she did the transplant, but she's his doctor. Yeah. It's just, it's just like I just like pointing out how how stacked Eastwood's casts are, because he casts all these people in nothing roles. Yeah. And and Angelica Houston is in the movie several times, but like. Just as it doesn't, it doesn't need to be Angelica Houston, but he's. But if you can get her, why wouldn't you? Sure. And then, well, she, I mean, that's then like the scenes. Like doctor. you would think that this would be like uh, Anne Bancroft and Malice. No, oh yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. like yeah, get a heavy hitter in to do this scene, right? Right. But it's like we didn't need one. No. <laughs> but but if you got the we money, got if you got the money do. and got the time, sure. Fuck it, I mean, I'll watch. Angelica I'll Houston. watch Angelica Houston. That's fine. I'm not yeah. complaining. She's. There's just no reason it's got to be Angelica. Houston. No. 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 There's no reason anybody's got to be anybody in this. No, uh, but yeah, she's she's like, hey, well, you got a new heart from uh, from so someone. So no more, no go, more, go easy. No more cop stuff. Go easy. And then, <laughs> yeah, essentially, no more cop stuff. Yeah, he's and retired. he's retired though. Yeah, he's retired. And then because he had a heart attack chasing a guy, and he, and he lives he and he lives on a boat in the marina next door, next boat to Jeff Daniels, buddy, buddy, who we only know as Buddy, who is just like a just like a. a Boat bum. He's very much. Guy. It's he very much like uh, he's like the dude crossed with Jeff Daniels' character from, from Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. Yeah, yeah. He's a classic movie character too, where he's always going on about and like, I'm a fucking loser and blah blah blah. And you're like, you live on a boat. <laughs> I know. That's pretty great. Yeah. You own a boat. Also, he does a thing that I uh, love it when guys who live on boats in movies do this: is they keep their beer in a net under oh, the water. Baby, <laughs> I would so. Oh, do I would that. do that. Oh yeah, I think 100%. it's rad. No, no, no. I wasn't Hell saying yeah. it was dumb. I was saying that's fucking awesome. It's supposed God to be damn, just this yeah. loser lifestyle, and it's like you sit around on a boat drinking beer all day. Yeah. Come me? on, I can't tell you the number of conversations Sophie and I have had about about living on a boat. Mm. And but it also comes down to like, is that more? Is it cheaper than living it? You know what I mean? It comes down to that where I'm like, I don't these beat these boat bums in these movies seem like they're destitute, but it's actually I think kind of expensive to like rent a marina space. Yeah, yes. and it's live like on a boat. it's yeah. so you still have to pay rent. Like yeah. you, he's not. It's not like I've got a boat and he just lives there. And the marina's like, well, we can't make him move. Like they charge him. You, you charge money for yeah, that. Slips cost money. He lives yeah. in a marina in in Long Beach, uh, directly across from the Queen Mary. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Spruce Goose. <laughs> where where does this one take place? Long Beach. Okay. Or I guess the surrounding environment. Because okay. instru- this is this takes place in the Lincoln Lawyer and Boshiver, so it's all like the, <laughs> the L.A. It's all L.A. It's all LA. the time. Because okay. the second LA one, the second there. one, true crime took place in 
the Bay Area in Oakland, yeah, and like the San Francisco. Frequently, his movies take place in the Bay Area, yeah, Bay Area, Southland area. Is that what they call it? I don't know, something like that. That whole that whole region. So there's like a couple scenes where they're just walking along, and you see the Queen Mary in the in the background. Right. So I got to figure that's probably pretty decent uh, marina space. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's tap this out. Let's uh, <laughs> let's figure out what the real I'm estate online right now, is. Ju- checking to see how much this. God, this it couldn't be for. less. I mean, it couldn't be less interesting than this movie. <laughs> Yeah, because okay, so basically, I have a question now because I forgot I forgot this detail. So somebody remind me if you can. <laughs> the, the, the case that the okay, so then he gets approached by this woman who wants him to help her solve the case of who murdered her sister, Graciela. Right now, do we know that this is the code killer? The, the, no, 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 no. It's no. just like the, the the sister got killed. He right. figures he, he he figures that out he later. Right? Out she he, got killed in a, what yeah. seems to be a, root, a, a, a robbery, as he's, quote unquote routine. As he's looking like, at robbery. that, and then he goes, he goes to Paul Rodriguez, like he's like, what? There's there's others, and he's like, how many others? And go, oh. and so they, he puts it together pretty quick that like her murder was part of a pat because he's trying to right. he's trying to solve her case. Because sh- that's where he got his heart, right? Because right. at first he's like, "I'm not, I'm retired, and I have a new heart, and I'm not supposed to do anything." And, and she's, she's like, like "Well, it's my okay, sister's heart, but my and sister she was gave murdered. You that heart, motherfucker. She yeah. died, and so I want you to do this." And he's like, "Okay, okay." And then later on, also, he seems like he wants to do cop stuff anyway. Yeah. Later on, several times in the movie, when he he becomes, uh, you know, rededicated to to life through this whole thing, he was becoming a burnout because he had to be because he really shouldn't be doing this stuff. <laughs> Uh, but la- there's l- scenes later on where Graciela is kind of like, I shouldn't have asked you to do this, <laughs> and you're like, you're, you know, honestly, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but they sort of give up the whole Clint Eastwood's like heart will give out uh, thing. They they do it, it a couple times earlier on, and then throughout the entire climax, you're yeah. you're kind of thinking like, oh, Clint's gonna like start having heart problems, and he really doesn't. Kind of doesn't really come up. I guess it's fine at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess we, we, good the, pumper. <laughs> and and as and as you'll learn, the, the ter- it turns out that the, it's the same. It's the code killer again, and he uh, he <laughs> he was killing people <laughs> to get him a heart donor. Yeah. He was killing, killing people, people with the, the right blood type, which is get, a rare blood, which type. is a rare blood type. One to in two hundred to get him a match to for get his Clint heart. With a heart transplant. So he killed Graciela's sister, and that's how he got the heart. But he had also killed somebody before, and the the guy didn't he didn't uh, get rescued in time. Right. So he so they couldn't use the heart. So Jeff so Daniels he, had to kill a kill a second person, Graciela or Graciela's, Graciela's sister. sister, and he kills Graciela's sister in a very specific clinical way that yeah. probably only exists he shoot, in movies. He shoots, where he shoots her. her in a certain part of her brain, yeah. where it's like, ooh, if you get shot in that part of your brain, you can live for a little while, and like, and like cushions her. Yeah, and he uh, comes head back, and like takes up the blood. He like yeah. changes his costume, he comes and, back and they in, call him the Good Samaritan. Yeah. yeah, in a disguise. Unlike Clint Eastwood in Absolute right. Power, this is another killer killer in disguise movie. It's very he, much a similar disguise as like uh, in. Uh, Murder of Crows too, where you're yeah. like, that's the same. That's guy. the same guy. Although I didn't recognize, they they do a good job of shooting, a good enough job of shooting this that I actually didn't recognize Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels. the first time. And they also, they, that guy. they they change his voice too. Yeah. Uh, not like in a Murder of Crows no, where, where that guy is just like doing different accents <laughs> and stuff and just wearing like clearly he's got like stage mustaches on. I am stuff. absolutely a real person. I am not. I am not a fake person with the name of a famous writer. Never. <laughs> uh. Although biker is always a disguise yeah. that these guys use. Yeah. Hey, it's me. I'm a tough guy now. Because you can like put on a bandana and some Oakleys and like yeah. put an earring on and you got a beard and it's like, now I'm biker. Now I'm <laughs> definitely not the other uh, the other guy you might think I am. I'm I'm not I've got these temporary tattoos on. Right. So he shoots her. I got this. The costume says motorcycle enthusiast on <laughs> <Yeah>. the label. <laughs> he shoots her and keeps her uh, alive so that they can save her heart yeah. so that 
Clint Eastwood can get, get a heart, heart transplant. So that, he can, so that he can eventually start up his scheme of killing people again and, and uh, sidling up to Clint Eastwood. Continue their deadly game of cat like, and mouse. And, and also Good and at, evil. At the end when he's got Graciela and uh, the... Graciela's uh, the nephew. Graciela's nephew. He's like, oh, I'm not going to kill a little boy. He's got the same blood type as her, and therefore you, Clint Eastwood. I'm going to keep him alive so that you can. I can keep you alive. Because <laughs> like, Jeff, need- Jeff Daniels, dude, just find a younger guy to do your cat and mouse <laughs> thing with. This guy's really at the end of it. I, well, can you, you imagine know- him going home after the first encounter where he almost gets caught by Clint Eastwood? He's got this master plan, and he's like, "Oh shit, my fucking shoes!" And not only that, but now I got to keep this guy alive, and he needs a heart transplant. What the fuck am I going to do? I have. I am very curious to 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 know if if you're that guy. If you're the crazy serial killer who devises intricate plots to like get off, if you're like, is this like does the Chinese say the word for crisis and the word for opportunity are the same? I mean, is this is this a crisisunity or are you just mad if you're this guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, more work that I get to do because this is what fuels me. Or you're like, God, oh, God, damn it, damn I put it. a lot of work into this. Well, Why like, do I have to be so crazy? He, you know, I mean, by the time it's towards the end of the movie, and he, it's like he's made his bed. You know, like. <laughs> You can't you can't switch horses in midstream or whatever. Like it's just it's too late. Oh, it's man. too late because he'd have to cut and run and start over completely right. somewhere. And then he's not going to know the blood type of this new cop who's after him or whatever. And then what if this old guy who's retired like gets wind of it and comes out? Then he's got two cops after right, him. Right. Now what does he have to keep this original one alive and the other old cop? I assume that he's. Yeah, I don't know. I mean these are all good points. I just, a, yeah. I mean it's, it's a weird scheme. It's, a, it's anyway a, that was it's more. A very, it's a very that was dumb more scheme. exciting of a thought of a thought experiment than anything that goes on in this. Yeah. Clint Eastwood does get laid by the younger lady in this. Eventually. She I, kisses his scar. It's yeah. very gross. Yeah. But I mean, like, Maybe we we've, we've, we've jumped ahead to the end of the movie because the middle stuff is all, like, pretty bad procedural stuff because you, like, again, you know it's Jeff Daniels from the opening second, and you're just kind of, it's just kind of putting together the picture of, like, why he killed Graciela's sister, but if you have any kind of knowledge of how movies work, you're way ahead of this the I will, whole time. I'll and tell it's you, just scene after scene where he just goes to another person related to the case, talks to him, shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, yeah. end of scene, yeah, go yeah. to another, and you're just like, fucking I will, hell. I will say this. I did not know it was Jeff Daniels, but because of what Travis just said. Oh. It was because the movie was so numbing that I was just like, just tuned I, out. I literally didn't care. I mean, I'm like, I know it's not this Russian guy. I know it's not this guy. Oh, the, the whole I red was, herring with the Russian guy. Jeez. I was never even this whole movie when they reveal it's Jeff Daniels. I went, oh okay. I was never, <laughs> I was never thinking about who it was. Yeah, I, I didn't guess even, that makes sense. It didn't yeah. even cross my mind because I was just so like tuned did we out. Point, did we point out that Jeff Daniels becomes his driver because he can't yeah, drive? He he can't him drive him a car, so yeah. he chauffeurs him around. And he's constantly going like, "Hey, let me pick your brain about your legendary career oh, yeah. as a profiler." And he's like, "Yeah, okay, sure. Well, that's not very weird at all." That's not suspicious. And he doesn't, <laughs> sort of but he also doesn't get any good information out of her or anything. <laughs> no. It's like no. nothing happens. Ah, you know, who gives a fuck? I don't yeah. want to talk about it. And, but, and then the rest of it is like him having like this burgeoning romance with this woman. Yeah, which it's, is kind of sweet. You know, it's sweet. those scenes are nice. It's not not. Yeah, it's okay. There's something. It's, I like <laughs> the part where she comes onto the boat and he's got the crime scene footage like playing on the TV, and he's right. like, "Oh fuck, I'm so sorry." You know, it's, it's like it's 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 charming, especially compared to any of his interactions with women exactly. in true crime. Yeah, there's something about this woman too <laughs> that um, 
I think it about Graciela too. That is very Clint Eastwoody, and it could be either like a bad or underdirected performance. But I like to see it as just this woman has fucking ice water in her veins. Oh yeah, because there's lots of intense scenes, especially at the end where she's been like held captive with with her nephew, and Clint Eastwood's like, uh, he's still on the boat. Get out! You need to get out of here. And she's like, okay, sure. <laughs> she doesn't look <laughs> remotely perturbed by it. All right, let's go. And right, she, well, I guess I'll just go out there then. She I, turns out to be a pretty good killer too. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty great. I like. I, I guess do, she's I just sort of that. lived a hard life, and and I, she's yeah. just sort of like doesn't I, so give a fuck anymore. I will. I will not. I will stipulate to the fact that this movie, for the most part, is boring as fuck. But when it decides to get exciting, I do think it works twice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, like the the, scene the, the, the the action sequence in the middle where he pulls the shotgun out of the car, and then like he's with the other lady cop, and they start shooting the place up. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's after accident. what has been a solid like forty minutes of extremely boring procedural. So like it's yeah. it's, it's especially exciting because you're like, whoa, an yeah. old man with a shotgun. And yeah. it, whoa. And Clint can still pull that shit off, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? It works. No, and it's and it's cool because he goes, "I'm just gonna drop this thing off in the trunk," and he puts the thing in the trunk and pulls out a shotgun and pumps it and starts walking towards his car. And she goes, "What is he doing? What the what fuck, the fuck is, he is he doing?" He doing? <laughs> Shoots like 14 rounds into this car. The lady empties the clip, and the guy still gets away. I so bet, I bet that that, that whole sequence is pretty fun because they like do that, and then he goes, "All right, let's go. Let's go do this thing." And she goes, "Like, no, we, we just we shot up the neighborhood. We just shot up the whole neighborhood." He goes. Did you hit anybody? No. Well, come on. Me neither. Let's go. As far as you know, I just think. Talking about no. But that's like at the very least is like a cool is like a cool action scene, and then it has a cool like yeah. It's like it's like did you did you hit anybody? No. Me neither. Let's go. It's like when this when this movie came out, I was like, and that stuff that stuff's pretty prominently in the trailers. I was like, oh fuck yeah, Clint Eastwood cop movie. Let's go. And it's like, oh, nope, sorry. No. Because, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this before. I am the world's number one fan of The Rookie. <laughs> that is the almost early, certainly true. Early 90s <laughs> Clint Eastwood movie that might as well just be Dirty Fucking Harry 6. With Charlie Sheen. With Charlie Sheen. And that movie kicks ass. <laughs> Can we? Is that an action movie? Can we yeah. not do that on this? I mean, Probably not. I was thinking about us doing like three good Clint ones that he directed or something. Like eh. we could do The Rookie and like Tightrope. But we're going to do Tightrope a different way. Yeah. So it's fine. Maybe no. we can do it on the Patreon. Too, I would I would love to talk about The Rookie. Of a, it's too much of straight action. Yeah, I mean, I'm I think not, if it's the Patreon because it's an idiosyncratic movie. Well, we can one talk about this behind the about. scenes. Yeah, we, we can have this discussion later. But I would love to do The Rookie. I fucking, I love that movie. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's what I was hoping for from Blood Orc, mm-hmm. and it, it gets it gets close for about fifteen total minutes. Yeah, I, maybe. two I mean, hours. I think ending, it gets pretty is, nutty at the end. The ending's yeah. pretty fun because there's a Jeff Daniels he's got like, a machine gun and he's, he's and doing and he, his crazy serial killer bec- talk. Like you were saying, he becomes like such a fucking cartoon. Like once it's revealed yeah. that it's him, it's it's exactly he's like doing, and he does. He's the, not quite as it's not as fun as Ray Liotta in no. Turbulence, but it's the well, same thing. Same. It's the same thing where where once the movie goes like. Nah, he's a bad guy. The, the the actor is free to go like, ah, you got me. I'm yeah. gonna be a totally different character. And he's now. also doing the like the good dialogue stuff. He's like, you and me, we're the same. And you're like, all right, sure you are. And you're saying Jeff Daniels is bad in this, and I don't think he's good in this, but I do he's think bad. he's having fun in it. He's bad until he turns into serial killer yeah. mode, and then I'm like, okay, this is more like it. And but then, and then when he's Jeff doing Daniels the dude, is clearly you're having like, a good. Then you then you because for most of the movie, you're like, why is. And, and it makes sense that he would be the killer then. But right. I, I was so bored by the movie that I was just like, why is Jeff Daniels this part? Plus, I just watched two other Clint Eastwood movies where, like, it's got a bunch of good actors in thankless roles. So there's no reason right. that Jeff Daniels wouldn't just be the guy who lives next door to Clint Eastwood and doesn't right. turn out to be the killer. Like, it's not that his movies are so stacked with the cast that, like, there's no reason that these this guy wouldn't just... Angelica Houston just plays his heart surgeon. Right. 
And she nothing happens with that. She gets mad at him in two scenes for doing too much. Right, right. And she qu- she quits as, as his doctor. She goes like, "You said you weren't going to be investigating any crimes. I told you not to. Now I quit as your doctor." And then <laughs> later on, he comes back to her. She's like, "All right, fine, whatever." Right. Yeah. No, she can, well, he needs a piece of information that she can get him, and she's like, "Only if I get to examine you." Yeah. But so yeah. But Daniel's gonna say, "I get to do some." She says, Daniel's "I get to do some blood work." That shit where yeah, they're, yeah, they're putting that catheter in his chest and like rooting around in there. Yeah, that's he, some scary shit, man. And he's like awake and. He's like, oh, how's that yeah. feel? And he's like, it feels great. Come on. <laughs> Give it to me. I love it, baby. Give it to Kiss me. Kiss my scar. Uh, Jeff Daniels gets to have fun towards the end of this movie, though, because he reveals he's the killer yeah. like a half hour before the movie's over, so then there's a whole thing where he's got to go save the kid and the lady from being kidnapped by him, and he sh- does he shoot him or just beat he him up? He shoots him in the arm he's like, and, and gets him in the artery, and then he like cinches up the artery, like, and he's like, you, you gotta- hold on to that. And now you take me to where you you're holding him. And so during he this goes, this okay. scene, this scene where the, he's sure. he's driving the boat over to this like abandoned boat where he's keeping them prisoner yeah. is just Jeff Daniels getting to. And I've got a bunch of I, I wanted to. It's all yeah, everything that he says very is funny. Scooby Doo villain. But yeah. this is like this is the crazy Jeff Daniels stuff. At one point he's like, "Every breath you take belongs to me. Every bit of that stolen heart is the echo of my voice in your head." And Jeff Daniels says, and then at one point because at one point he they're driving in the car together and he's like, "I'm finally feeling connected." to my world again now that I'm doing stuff or whatever. And Jeff Daniels goes, that day in the car you said you felt connected? Shit, I almost came when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) And then my favorite part possibly in the whole movie because Jesus Christ, he goes, hey, what's it like having a chick's heart? You start watching soaps? You're cranky at the end of the month? (laughs) Jesus and then at one point, he goes, do you think that Gloria, this is uh, the dead lady, do you think that Gloria ever thought that her heart would be pumping blood through some guy that was banging her sister? <laughs> I do like that, lad. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that's fun stuff. Uh, but Jeff Daniels is pretty fun at the end. There's like some stuff that all takes place in like a dark warehousey yeah. boat house it's kind of like whatever but then there's a part where jeff daniel where they're escaping on the boat and then jeff daniels is like ah i'm on the boat and yeah then, and he's like riding on the front of it and she like crashes it into uh into the pier and at yep. clint eastwood and then jeff daniels goes flying and it's pretty she great. ices him at the end she uh clint eastwood has him and he's like not gonna kill him he's like not just gonna shoot him and he's like ha ha and then she like just pushes his head yeah. underwater and holds him there <laughs> yeah, until he drowns pretty right all right pretty great that's the end of that. Um, yeah. yeah, that shot where Jeff Daniels is on the boat, the moving boat, shooting machine it. gun. You're kind of like, well, that, well, you yeah. gotta love that. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that is great. Yeah, that's but, what that's but the it's stuff so, that sold me on. It's this. so little of the movie that I just just the last like it's minutes. so like yeah, and yeah. it's the whole middle section of the movie is like like you said the investigation where he's like he just goes and talks to people and is just him maybe remembering something and some lady going like saying a thing and then going hey I said this this to you and him going uh, oh yeah. Well, okay. It's so uh, the movie. It's the movie feels bored with its investigation. Huge chunks of this movie that are as boring as anything you'll. This ever is see. the shortest of the three, though. At an hour fifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A tight hour fifty. Incredible. Uh, I mean, I, even the rookie's like two ten or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, for a guy who came up under uh, Siegel and kind of like took a, took a lot of like lessons mm-hmm. from him, he did not learn the lesson of brevity. Mm. No, like, just just because that was just in practice. Because that was Siegel's like whole, whole thing was like uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember at one time just seeing, seeing an interview with Clint, too, where he, he like they were asking about where he got his influence as a director from, and he's like, Don Siegel. And you're like, sure. And he goes, and Sergio Leone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe some of his I earlier mean, westerns. I, I, would argue, I would argue in Unforgiven in his westerns for sure. I would I would say I that I would say that that especially in his prime, the the compositions are yeah amazing. yeah perfect okay. world. I would say like nothing that we saw for this. For no this no no. Episode. I think I, I think that there are pieces of all three of these movies that really really look terrific. Hmm. Well, I would say that I would say that the Siegel influence may be sometimes in these, but like they're so mm-hmm. like not tight yeah. in any way, and the Leone influence doesn't show through in any of these movies, but it does in some of his other ones, yeah. for sure, I think. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he dedicated, uh, Unforgiven is dedicated to to Sergio and Don, Sergio mm-hmm. Aragones and Don, uh, Don Martin. <laughs> Don Martin. <laughs> I, I stole that joke from, I love I stole that joke from, uh, from our friend Laird. Yeah. He posted, the, he posted a screenshot that says for, Don, for Sergio and Don. And he said, uh, <laughs> it's the only tweet. It's the only tweet on Twitter I've ever thought was good. And, uh, it's wow. a, yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a graveyard or whatever, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a I never knew, he said, he said, I never knew, uh, Clinton was such a mad magazine fan. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best thing ever. That's pretty good, buddy. Yeah. Good joke, Laird. <laughs> I got a <laughs> couple Paul Rodriguez quotes because most of the time he's just making jokes about transplants. Uh, yeah, he shows point, up, he shows up a couple, three or four more times in the movie, and yeah. he just sucks. He just just to suck the air out of the room. Sucks. He goes, "When this is over, you better get an ass transplant because I'm going to tear you a new one." Jeez, that's it's not a how that dick transplant. Goes. At one point, when Clint Eastwood's walking away, he goes, "Go get yourself a dick transplant." That, that scene where bringing the fire that Paul scene Rodriguez. where Clint Eastwood comes to see oh. him and is like hey I'm checking out this case can I look at the file you know uh, I'm gonna give you all the information that I find if I find anything I'm probably not gonna find anything and they're just like no no fuck you no I don't wanna help you no and he's even like is the lady who hired me like a pain in your ass and the guy's like absolutely she won't stop fucking calling me he's like maybe this is a way to get her stop no I'm not interested I don't wanna help you I don't wanna solve this crime yeah. uh it's so weird. Can we can we talk before you do too many more quotes? Can we talk about how he's got there? It's brought up by Paul Rodriguez that he's like, just because you got a Mexican heart doesn't make you Mexican oh or whatever. Boy, and God. then the movie ends with Clint Eastwood with him like leaving, and Clint Eastwood going like, next time you come, next time you come over to this pier, this Mexican's gonna kick your ass. Yeah. And you're that like, is exactly Oof. the line. You're like, Oof. woof. No, no. <laughs> Unbelievable. Bad movie. And it, no, <laughs> that bad movie. Terrible. You go to your corner. And then, it, as of course, the, as as a, time in, out in for a, in this movie. Wood, as you would expect, there's a Mexican next to him, and she's like, mm, "That's fine." Yeah, it, she's like, "Uh huh." I was actually really disappointed that he didn't have a big <laughs> fake black mustache and like a sombrero on. You know, I he's like got his tacos. old poncho from fucking Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And next time you interrupt this Mexican siesta, you're gonna get your ass kicked. <laughs> he gets into his car, and Ariba. Ariba. He starts the engine. It goes and he drives away. Dios mio. Man. And his new Mexican girlfriend goes, "Uh huh, I'm fine with all this. This yeah, is exactly. all great. You're not racist. <laughs> None of this is racist. This is totally fine. You're you are Mexican because you have because you have the heart of my dead sister who was Mexican. That makes you Mexican. So gross. That's like the second to last thing that happens in the movie. And this movie just peters out. And all, like I laughed when it it doesn't. The it, this is a movie that should just, end with the monsters dead roll credits, but it has like a couple scenes he's afterwards. Like, no, it's got to peter out. <laughs> and uh, and and this so it's just like him and Graciela and the nephew on a boat. And they're just driving, and the kid says, like, I couldn't catch a fish. And then Clint goes, wish I could get a big fat marlin and put it on his line. And she sort of laughs, and then it cuts, and it says, written and directed by Clint Eastwood. like, what? (laughs) Produced and directed. I don't think he wrote it. No, he didn't write it. He doesn't write his script. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) 
sucks. There you go. There's your movie. It's over. (laughs) I just don't care. So, Clint, we've got the final cut. What do you think? I don't know about this last line. It's fine. Did you do you want to watch it? No. no. <laughs> I don't okay. want to just do I mean f- I, b- I believe the story the famous story is from Laura Linney on Absolute Power she was just like we would cut and he would go were we in focus? Yeah. <laughs> but appa- apparently like it's working just doesn't care. Apparently like and I, you see why actors would want to work with him too because sometimes he makes sometimes he'll make a great movie. Right. I mean obviously you read yeah. sc- these scripts and you probably go like this isn't one of the great Clint ones. But like apparently working for him is just great. Like that he doesn't like I you've seen documentaries. I've seen documentaries where he's directing and he just goes he doesn't like yell action or cut. He's not like one of those tough guy directors. Yeah. He just goes like, "Okay, go ahead." By all accounts, he's a By nice accounts, guy. He's like amazing to work with Clint Eastwood. And so why why wouldn't you be in a Clint Eastwood movie? This Easy is going to be one of the bad ones. Who cares? You get paid. Yeah. You probably have a good time. It probably is like a very short shoot. I was working with Clint fucking Eastwood. You know? I don't know. One of the biggest film legends of all time. I'm you right. know? I mean, if you're Jeff Daniels in this movie, you get to like have like a fun, some fun show offy stuff to do. <laughs> you, you get know? to you get know. to shit diarrhea into a toilet for most of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> a toilet you have tied to your butt. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen, Jeff. Can I have you shitting this whole movie? <laughs> I know from comedy. <laughs> you see this guy Paul Rodriguez he's just up and comer new he's an up and comer young com- comedian you're gonna love it uh, I've read enough quotes the way he makes fun of crime scenes you wouldn't believe it you got anything left to add before we go into into ratings no alright ratings I'm also gonna give this two and a half Juds god <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I've explained all the things that I liked about it. I thought the romance was actually pretty sweet, one of his better versions of that kind of thing. It's kind of cute. Um, I would uh, agree I with think that. the action's good. And I got to say- When it happens. I got a real weakness for that stupid serial killer plot shit. Like whenever, <laughs> good or bad, I, I'm always like, this is fucking ridiculous. Well, you were on the right podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I got a kick out of this one. I thought this was relatively the most exciting of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one Douglas- yeah, it is pretty gross when she kisses his scar. May December romance, <laughs> kiss my scar. That she kind says of shit. when she's kissing his scar, she goes, "Show me your heart," and then she rips open his wound and like, looks at the heart. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Isn't it May December romance? Is closer to like uh, it's maybe like a Ju- August December romance, right. but it's it's not bad. It's still yeah, yeah August December <laughs> romance. I think that's about right. Yeah, uh, definitely December. But I'll not, tell you not, that. Particular, not particularly <laughs> sleazy, really, or anything. No. Uh, and jeez, uh, what am I going to give this? Don't take the one that I want. I don't know which one you... Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> you fucking do it. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 nets full of beer. Yeah, baby. Was oh, that what you were going to do? Nope. Oh, okay. I, I would be disappointed. I'm straining to think of anything from this movie. You go next. I'm going to give it two Juds. This movie fucking sucks, but like I said, when it's so boring that when the action does happen, you're like, oh, oh holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe something's happening. It's kind of fun. And yeah. then I do like that last like 15 minutes. Which is when something's happening. When something, because yeah, well, it's, not the it's very end wild where he's like, oh, not, not the very. <laughs> I'll put a marlin on it. Yep, we're going out on that, baby. <laughs> uh, one, one Douglas for the scar kissing. It's gross. It's grosses me out. Um, and I'm gonna give it no one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh shit. Uh. Two, two Juds. It's not good. Mm-mm. It's not good. And I, like I was saying, that like I should have early on figured out it was Jeff Daniels, but the movie had lulled me into not caring right. about it so much that when it happened, I went, "Oh, yeah, 
That's how yeah. Clint gets you. But I like didn't. I, I never once was like this red herring is him. I was just like not even thinking about the who the killer was. I was like, well, I just think I was like, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm barely able to pay attention to this movie. So, oh yeah, Jeff Daniels. That makes sense. I suppose. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I, I care about it as much as this movie does. Uh, yeah, I'll give it one Douglas for for the whatever romance. It's kind of it's mostly a sweet romance, but there yeah. is a scene where. He's shirtless, and she's like kissing his scar. She is so un- she likes him, but she's so unconcerned with his health because first of all, she's like yeah. making him solve this this crime, <laughs> and then also she's fucking him. You're like, I don't know if he's healthy enough for sexual activity. Yeah, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have made you solve this crime. I, I probably shouldn't, shouldn't be, be fucking sex you. <laughs> with you. My God. Yeah, you're gonna definitely have a heart attack and die. That'll that'll be weird. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, oh boy. He took no one. That's good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was really good. I'm impressed. Mm. I don't know. One, one, one Mexican heart in Clint Eastwood's body. <laughs> that should have been the title of the movie. One Mexican heart. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it comes up more than once because he's got a Mexican heart. That line, that line is just like, no, don't. Jeff, don't when do Jeff, that. Da- don't I didn't, I didn't want to read the lines because they're fucked up. But when Jeff Daniels is talking about a woman's heart and what's it like having yeah. a woman's heart, he then moves on to racist stuff. It's mm. pretty, it's pretty nasty. Because he, because once he's revealed as the villain, he becomes like yeah. just a bad guy. Yeah, like a very bad guy. Yeah. But there's a funny scene where there's a great. That is, there's one great shot in this movie. Besides the one where he pulls it, the shotgun scene has some good some good shots. Besides the scene, there's where Jeff Daniels is riding on the front of that boat. Just it's, it's really like it's like a it's profile great. shot of the boat, a speeding boat, and Jeff Daniels like laughing maniacally and shooting a machine gun. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, hey, okay. Tell you what, you don't see that every day. No. <laughs> that was actually a deleted so scene from Dumb why, and Dumber. That's why it's a, that's why it's a straight across the board two Judd movie. Yeah, it's got that one shot in it, and then uh, that's it. Ugh. All right, we did it. We did it. Oh, that so, was that was way. Oof. This recording this podcast was so much funner than watching any. Oh of these my movies. god, it was so. Christ, it was, I got through blood work yesterday and was like, it's the first time in a while that I've that we've done this where I was just like, oh thank god I'm done watching these movies. Yeah, like I was like I was like oh because it wasn't and it wasn't that they were the worst movies we've seen. It was just that they were so it was so dull. They're the bo- they're the most the most boring uh, three movies I think that we've done in but, a while. But we're gonna kind of like do a curative for the next show somewhat. Yes. So um, we're calling this next one Sex Cops? <laughs> I think we're just going to go Maybe with Sex, sex Cops. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I came up with this one because I really want... In watching a lot of these Clint Eastwood movies, one we considered doing for this one was Tightrope. But we didn't... My argument for us not doing it that was eventually successful was that Clint technically didn't direct it. Although yes. he did, it turns out, ghost direct it. And I watched it anyway for this week, and uh, it's fucking great. I think these three were good to, together because they were all from a they're all from very close together, and it's very much the same. Clint directing yeah. all three of these movies. Yeah, they're no, like, they're really of a like. Piece. There's you don't get to see. It's not like you see some. Gr- it's right. like this. They're all very that much. Was, fit that together. was generally why yeah. I wanted to do this the way that we. So did it worked, it. even though we just got done saying they are the most boring. It was still fun to watch. Yeah. Like go like, oh, here's yeah. a bad period of Clint Eastwood's career. Yeah. So we're gonna do tightrope. Yeah. Then we're going to do a movie called Impulse with Teresa Russell, Russell, which was directed by Sandra Locke, wow. who's Clint Eastwood's wow. former That's longtime crazy. partner. And then to wrap it up, we're going to do one of the greatest exploitation films of all time, Catherine Bigelow's Blue Steel. Boy, wow. It's going to get heated in here. Two women directors this time, yeah. too. You I don't do, like Blue I Steel? I do not like that movie. Oh, man. Maybe, I'll like, maybe I'll like it on the third time. I like, we'll par- see. I like parts of that movie, and I always like a Catherine Bigelow movie. I just oh, showed I've, never this, watched, uh, I've never watched Weight of Water, but I, I like all the Catherine Molly. Bigelow movies I've seen. I showed this to Molly about a year and a half ago, and she fucking loved it. She mm. went crazy for I it. I am curious to watch it. It's been a while since I saw it. I think it's great. Anyway, that's going to be a good episode. Yeah, Ron Silver. 
Yeah. <laughs> Your boy. Oh, boy. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so that's, that's it. That's um, it, yeah. Follow us on, uh, you know, the, the Twitters and the Instagrams. Get on the Patreon. I'm going to be posting clips from the Speed Zoo, and uh, there wasn't a whole lot of other stuff that I shot from these, but uh, you get all, a lot of the fun stuff that we talk about. Uh, yeah, get on the Patreon. Uh, you know, like us and rate us and give send us. I think our next target for Patreon is 75, 75 listeners. I don't, I don't we'll, know what we'll do then. We'll come, but up, we'll with come up with something. Fun. We're pretty far away from it. <laughs> 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 well, hopefully we'll get there. Um, yeah, and I guess that's that. So keep listening, and uh, until next time, Speed Zoo. <laughs> Speed Zoo. <laughs> we go fast. Bye. Speed Zoo. <laughs>